Welcome, Bottom of the Bill fans. We got a great episode with Andre Martins today. Yeah. He's a DJ, keyboard player, drummer, multi-instrumentalist, songwriter, producer, all kinds of great stuff. He's awesome. Uh, it's going to be a great episode. We had a lot of fun uh, just talking about a lot of different shit. He's got some dope YouTube content, uh, Rhythm Rides. Uh, he's got some new singles out. Make sure you support that, all that stuff. And also, we have merchandise. The link is in the description for you. get t-shirts, hats, all kinds of dope shit. So check out that in the description. Um, also, our documentary release on July 26th. We're doing it live on Bottom of the Bill. Um, so that'll be a fun one. We're streaming it on YouTube and Facebook, so keep up with that. And then the 29th, we're playing uh, It's Us, Honey What, and Dustin Monk in the Hustle at 1904 Music Hall. It's going to be an amazing show. So come out and see us. Uh, Bill, you got anything you want to add to that? Uh, this fucking track is hot fire. Hot fire. Yeah. Andre's crushing it over there. He started playing. What a great guest. Yeah. Anyways, enjoy the episode. Yeah. Bottom of the Bill starts now. This is Bottom of the Bill. Where we talk about the modern grind of a musician. Album cycle. Oh, hold on, Bill. Give me a second, man. Because we don't know what we're talking Spotify about. Spotify playlist. You keep interrupting me. That's not how we discussed it. Just give me a second, man. We invite established artists Festival on a show. lineups. Can I just get my stuff out real quick? We invite established artists on to share their strategy to success. Marketing strategies. The premier do-it-yourself podcast. Hashtag DIY. Ah, screw it. This is Bottom of the Bill. Like this, this is a cool thing. So we should start doing this more. <laughs> um, Whoa, uh, you guys look so ugly. It's great. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Burn. I like it. We're getting started already. I like it. It's all right. I got a two hour nap. Look at me. Look at my hair. See, I, my, my hair never works with headphones. I'm a DJ for no, God's sake. No, That's you look why great. Bro. I wear a hat. Is that why you wear a hat? <laughs> all right. Anyways, um, well, welcome to Bottom of the Billy Ray. Thank you for joining us today. We got. Andre, do you say Martins or Martins? Martins. Martins, okay. Um, well, thanks for being here today, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, and your stage name is Satellite Frank? For DJing, Satellite Frank, and same old Andre when I play music. Okay, sweet, man. I dig it. Um, so I want, before we get started and everything else, do you have something that you want to promote? I mean, I just released like three songs on 12 streaming platforms, uh, on my DJ side, Satellite Frank. You can look that up on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, whatever. Um, those are all produced, made completely by me, um, except the vocals. I can't sing, unfortunately. Uh, aside from that, I'm in a couple bands, which I also love to promote because they're my friends, including Alchematic. Yep. So uh, shout out to them. And uh, shout out to all the musicians I get to play with. Hell yeah. Um, cool, man. Well, I, I, I didn't get your bio till today, unfortunately. So I have not been able to listen to your music, but I'm, that's gonna be the first thing that I do after the podcast is checking it all out. Thank you. Make sure you go support them for sure. Um, so how's everyone's week been going? Pretty great. You guys had a good 4th of July? I had a great 4th of July. I had a, a busy weekend. Oh yeah. What, what did you have going on? I had, uh, I had a show Thursday, show Friday, uh, a show Saturday and a double on uh, 4th of July. Oh, nice, man. And my show on Sunday was supposed to be on, on the beach, and it got rained out. Oh, yeah. 
playing with weather was 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 rough. Yeah. Where where did you play on Friday, uh, the the other days? Thursday I played at Hard Rock in Daytona. Uh, Friday I played at uh, Barley Republic in St Augustine. Uh, Saturday, I'm not remembering off the top of my head right now. Uh, Sunday was supposed to be the oh Saturday was at Hoptinger uh, in Jacksonville. There's a story for that too. Um, my worst night. My okay. Here we go. My worst nightmare happened. So Hoptinger, five points. Um, you know, three floors, second floor. Uh, they got a DJ at night and the manager calls me and he's like, Hey man, can you fill in on Saturday? You know, our DJ called out. I said, sure. Uh, and I made sure that, you know, everything was set. The pay was all set and everything was cool, you know, and I kind of had to rush over there. Um, and I didn't notice until I got there, I set up everything, you know, perfectly my lights. And then I reached into my backpack and I forgot my flash drive. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I picked up the wrong flash drive. I have two flash drives that look exactly the same. Mm. And I, I, I was in a rush, so I picked up the wrong one. I was about to like break down, kind of like, you know, spaz out. But I thought, you know what? Let's calm down. Um, I called over the manager. And I said, hey, let me let me talk to you over here. And I was just honest. You know, something I've been learning is the truth always wins. And in this case, I got lucky it did. Um, he said, you know, hey, problems happen. We can get through this. He even put like a hand on my shoulder. He's like, let's find a solution to this rather than being devastated. I said, I love you. Yes. Uh, I DJed for an hour and 45 minutes completely off my phone. <laughs> and no one knew. Uh, well. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. And then my dad, shout out to my dad, uh, he drove an hour from my house to Jacksonville to deliver my flash drive that I had forgotten. Oh, boy. I got the flash drive uphill from there. So did, did people notice a difference after you put the flash drive in? To the average listener, no. I, I don't think so. But to the management and staff, they felt it. Because they're there the whole night. They deal with DJs on a regular basis. But I got praise for them from them at the end of the night, and I was just I was literally like laughing. I was laughing because I was like, "Do you guys know what I did?" They're like, "No." I mean, we loved your selections, man. Even in the beginning, they were great. I'm like, "Yeah, that was off my phone." Yeah, <laughs> that sucks. So interesting because the story like that kind of happened to us was like last week or two weeks ago. A monkey's, uh, a monkey's yeah. uncle, and we were just we didn't bomb, but it was just bad. But like the same people that always come up to us, like even the staff is like, that was amazing. Uh, they did the same thing to us that night. And we're just like, do you guys even care? <laughs> like, they don't, yeah, no, Or they like, don't it doesn't care. matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, like, does anything matter? Well, I mean, you know, it depends on the scenario. But in a situation <laughs> like that, I would say that it doesn't like it doesn't really matter. It gigs like that. I feel like you're just kind of noisy wallpaper, you know, noisy wallpaper. It's a good band name. I was about to say. Yeah. Beat nailed to it. it. I was, uh, uh, do you want to tell uh, about our Fourth of July set? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. We played it. We were set playing. the scene. Set the scene. Okay. I'll add the details. It's uh, you're, you're gonna add the details. Whatever you need. Okay, so St. Augustine, A One A Ale Works, July Fourth, twenty twenty two. Yeah, it's corner. like right in the center of like where everybody is gathering for the Fourth of July to watch the fireworks. It was and, packed. And the fucking really, you know what? Let me not. 
there's a there was a, a big there's a big band playing at the at the uh band shell i guess it's like right in the middle there and they, they were doing like you know traditional like american tunes everybody's and, favorite fourth of july songs yeah exactly Who and listens to that music though it's beyond me so anyways the shores of tripoli yeah. yeah sweet home alabama yeah yeah it wasn't even that that good it was like they were doing all these old like i don't know when were those songs written like back in like 1700s yeah. 1800s oh. like it's it's just like anyways um so we're playing our set and uh, we're we're just finishing a song, and all of a sudden we look over, and this guy's like like hitting his chest, and he's like he's turning blue. Looks like Papa Smurf. Yeah, and I thought he was choking, so I'm thinking someone's gonna get up and give him the Heimlich maneuver, and then they didn't. So I'm like, oh, he's having a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, straight up. I, I did, that was that was an accurate guess. He was actually having a heart attack, and so we stopped or whatever, obviously, and then. Uh, kind of in a disbelief for about a minute, just kind of stood there looking around like, what are we supposed to do? So I was, I'm going to step outside and just kind of get out of the way, you know? So step Good outside call. and uh, ambulance gets there or whatever. And then he, like the manager walks out. He's like, yeah, he's, he's on the floor now, like not being responsive or anything. And I was like, oh shit, man. So they, a uh, couple minutes go by, they bring, bring him out in a stretcher. He's got like the, you know, the air, like the thing down his throat and like mm-hmm. they're like in, in, Intubating him? Is that how you say? It? In- yeah, they're incubating. Incubating him. him? Is that how you say it? No. Intubating. <laughs> Whatever yeah. it is, bro. Like they an were, egg. Like whatever. an egg. I, I play fucking music for a living. Right? I don't know shit about medical stuff. Yeah. Anyways, they were doing some kind of procedure on him, and then he's sitting in the back of the amb- or not sitting like they go they take him to the back of the ambulance. The door opens, and we get like a little glimpse inside, and he he's like unconscious. He's out. He's out. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure that. The guy didn't make it. I hope he what? did. But no, I don't know. that's not what a couple of the people said that they, he was fine. He was fine. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna sleep well knowing that he's okay. Okay, that's what I'm going with. All right, because I was gonna say that we literally killed. Boo! <laughs> right, it's so bad. That was a whole. That was a whole story just to to, to drop that that one liner right there. Yeah, totally. I've got a story about uh, uh, that. What, what would you do in that situation? You know. Um, cause we are, uh, kind of a jam band, but not really like a jam band. So, uh, cover gigs were a jam band for sure. Exactly. But still even like a real jam band will play like, you know, 30 minutes nonstop, 45 minutes nonstop. So, uh, Lucky Costello, my old, uh, jam band, we were playing a show down in, uh, Fort Lauderdale at the Bahia Cabana. I don't know if you've ever heard of that place before. Mm-mm. It's a little seventies place that like, uh, anyways, it looks amazing, but it, this uh, we were playing a show there next to the pool, and this girl was like having so much fun. She jumped up uh, into the air and then landed weird on her leg and just just cracked it, just broke her leg like in the middle of it. And we are like ten minutes into this like sick jam. So what do you what do you do in that situation? You right, commit to the jam. Hell yeah, we did. Yeah, <laughs> we played, and it was it was like a it was like a, a block. This is what we call them, you know, where it's like it's like a thirty minute thing with like three songs in it, and we played th- uh, throughout her screaming. We had the show recorded too. She's like screaming her ass off. She didn't move. She's like dead center too, and everybody else is like kind of like, are we supposed to still be? Jamming, and then the EMT comes and like fucking puts her on a stretcher, and we're still just like, dun, 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 like oh just going God. to town. And uh, our music was like as usually like 170 BPM, like that, and so just real bad taste. Uh, but yeah, some at what point does, well, does the show must go on? 
like when is, it needs to stop, right? Yeah, like where, where, where do you think you draw the line there? Where, when, when do you stop playing? Probably Astro World. I was oh, about to say gosh. Travis Scott's the line I draw right there. <laughs> that's, that's true. Oh, man, the stories I heard from that. Like, I've been to, like, festivals where every, you can tell everyone's waiting for, like, that one artist, and then all of a sudden you just feel the wave of people just pushing you forward, oh, and hilarious. they're crushing you. Yeah. Like, I'm not, like, super tall and buff. Like, I can't, I have to have my own space. Like, as long, I think as long as they made space for... This lady who unfortunately danced too hard. Um, if they made space for her, like I, you know, they can get her and take her out, and and the show can continue. The bar still has to function, you know. I, you know, I, I did a show at Traders where you know a lady got really drunk, got on top of of a bar and started dancing, and the security wasn't good enough to to like figure out a way to get her down. <laughs> but um, like then the thought started running through my head: it's like, wait a minute, if she gets hurt. Can't she technically sue the place? Yeah, uh, yeah, and in this country, definitely. I think, that, but they it, can't it, sue yeah. the band, and that's that's how you have to look at it, right? Yeah. There you go. Did did Travis Scott? What happened with Travis Scott? Did, is everybody kind of forgot about him? <laughs> You're looking it up now. Did he get in trouble? Is, is he gotten some kind of trouble? I but don't, like I don't legally, know. like does like he's just doing it out of like the kindness of his uh, Happy Meal heart. Because he had his own Happy Meal. Doing what? Out of the kindness of his heart. Like paying like reparations uh, I'm sure or whatever. That, I'm, sure that, I'm sure that was settled. At, what happened? Settlement. They what? Sorry for this. 5,000 people. That's insane. Yeah, I remember that last year. 10 people died. That's insane. A nine-year-old boy? Oh, my gosh. Who brings a, a nine-year-old boy to a, a Travis Scott concert? He Literally, they made Happy Meals. Like, he's, oh, yeah, I guess he's a household true. name. Uh, with his name on it, or the Travis Scott meal. I don't know. It, was, it wasn't a happy meal, but yeah, but like, is he getting sued? You know what I mean? Or is the festival's getting sued? They're the one that had the insurance and everything. He's he's just there for making money performing. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I had a similar situation, not to Travis Scott, but to what you were talking about. About break, breaking legs? Yeah. There was this lady. I used to host a jam night uh, at Harmonious Monks over when it was still there at Jack's Beach. And, um, we were playing one night, and this uh, Harmonious Monks had like I don't know if you ever been there before. Or are you familiar with it no. at all? Okay, so it's not there anymore, but it had like a big stage, and it had like all these tr like these trusses in the side, the lights, and it was a pretty like nice uh, situation there. But they had all like the the wiring for the lights is just like wrapped around the truss, which, which is on the side of the stage, and there's no like there's no like gate or anything to keep people away from the uh -oh. side. It's just a bar, you know. And so um, uh, I'm playing, I'm in the middle of like taking a solo and this late, I, I look over and this lady's like grabbing the, my guitar cable. Like she's out of her mind, like hammered, <laughs> just, I don't know what she was on, but she was like this old lady, probably like 60 something years old. And she was just tugging on my guitar cord, like very like, like hard. So the bass player runs over and he's like, yo, get the fuck off, get the fuck off. Mm -hmm. So she like backs up and then starts like, grabbing the truss as like a pole, like to dance, like to oh, dance gosh. all provocatively. And so somebody else runs over when they see her doing that and they kick her right off of the, uh, off the truss. Uh, it turns out she was getting electrocuted. Well, Oh, well, all that fucking that's what you're wire. Supposed to do. You're supposed to kick them, right? Yeah, you, exactly. But that's what that's but that started a fight because somebody else ran over. Like, hey, you don't kick a lady, you know. And then that started like a different kind of fight. Yeah, but he like, was trying to save her bro, life. Yeah, he didn't know that she was getting electrocuted, so, so it was like a whole thing. Uh, so that's what they teach you in Dare. 
to kick them over. Yeah, to kick to kick them because if they if you touch them, then you're getting electrocuted too, and then it's yeah. just like a you know, barrel of monkeys. Yeah, it's just <laughs> Wait, it's, <laughs> the, the 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 drug program yeah. taught you about how you should kick someone when yeah. they get electrocuted. Billy grew up in a really small town. They had to do it all at once. They got one one person there that knows what they're doing, and that's yeah. it. Officer Bovin. Yeah, he was also probably like the like the uh, the EMG the, and was, the firefighter. Yeah, he was and, the only cop in, in the city. Yeah. And he probably was also like a the, dog, right? Huh? I don't Is know. that one of those dog mayor cities you grew up in? Uh, <laughs> you mean uh, McGruff? No, not a crime. Well, I guess <laughs> did you have a crime dog? Oh my crime? god! I'll find the crime dog. I'll find no. the dog mayor. Carry on. But yeah, they said that you're supposed to kick him, otherwise, you know, you get chained to the electrical current. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I have an electric electric story. Yeah, let's hear it. All right. So uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Daytona, but there's a uh, restaurant on the top floor of like a um, resort or hotel or whatever. It's called Top of Daytona, and it's it has windows on all sides. It's a circular restaurant. Um, it's one of like three in the world that is like completely glass on all sides. It's the only one that doesn't spin, however. Um, so it's very fancy, high end. And the owner is Portuguese. I'm, I'm Portuguese. So uh, we became friends with him. My dad did some work for him. And to get to the top floor, he take an elevator. And unfortunately, one day that elevator was out of commission. It was broken. So the owner took it upon himself to go check out the issue, right? He goes to the electrical box that has the cables, the wires, for the elevator. And, like, these are high-voltage wires. Yeah. And I remember it, like, to, you know, like yesterday. Um, he was in front. He went up to the box. Then it was my dad, about, like, five feet behind him. And I was, like, ten feet, right? So he opened it up, and he went and grabbed something right away. All of a sudden, boom, huge explosion. Flashbang. It was like a flat. I mean, I don't know what a flashbang's like, but I guess it's like that. Um, that was a live wire that he touched against the metal Jeez. and he got electrocuted and like he was on the floor. So me and my dad, we brought him to the top and he had to like lay down and like his hair was like all frizzy. Like it's like a cartoon literally. Whoa. And like he had to like remember everything and like get up slowly and stuff. And like we were literally telling him like, dude, you don't know how lucky you are to be alive right now. And that that blew my mind. After that, I'm like, I'm not touching live wires. Uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's that's fucking crazy, man. I can't. I, I'm so terrified of that kind of shit. Like, I don't, I don't fuck around with it. And like, I, I won't even take like the tube out of my amp, uh, or, or touch the tubes in my amp if my amp's been on like the last hour. I won't do it. What? Yeah. I did a gig and uh, w at, with AVL, and we have these giant generators that go to these distros. And the first time I did it, I coiled like the, all the excess, just like a normal cable. And they came up to me and they said, no, 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 you can't do that. You have to coil it like a figure eight, um, because otherwise, in a big circle, it makes a giant electromagnet, and it'll heat up and melt. Um, so you've got to uh, do two, a figure eight because then it makes two electromagnets and they cancel each other out and then it doesn't melt. That's fucking wild. Electricity is pretty <clears throat> metal because like it can kill you and it's like in our house at all time, but they don't really teach you about it. And so the, the safety, like literally all I know is to 
to kick women that are electric electrocuted. <laughs> I should I should have kicked that guy. I should have kicked the hundred percent. You should have kicked that uh, guy, and that's not that's not on you. You didn't have a good dare officer. I was, ten, I, <laughs> I was ten feet away. I couldn't reach. <laughs> I did yeah, exactly. get special work shoes that are electrical resistant. It said it on the box, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Let's try to light right. those. Let's try to light them up. <laughs> let's try to light. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got plenty of shit here to make it happen. You can kick a lot of women with those shoes. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh my god. No, those are the right. Those are the right boots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! The great grade. Um, all right. So, anyways, <laughs> enough of this shit. Let's get. Let's, let's talk about you. Um, Before we deviate too far, where is that picture? What picture are you looking just for? Needed just needed to show you this real quick. Oh yeah, Travis Scott. I told you. Yeah, Travis he was Scott, all over the TV. Meal. That's a dope action figure. I would have wanted that when I was a kid. Why does this it's, look like robot chicken? Yeah, yeah it, right? I think it was by the same person. I, I'm, <laughs> Oh man, that's good. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that he uh, uh, it was the same like people that the robot chicken did because they did they literally did a commercial about him and they had a Travis Scott meal and then it like sold out everywhere and yeah so he he was he was real big for the kids. Wild man. The kids and then the he kids. killed them they killed with his music. <laughs> um, all right. But not electrical though. Not electric. Well, you know. Yeah. Um, Full right. Electricity played a role. Anyway, let's get out of here. <laughs> um. So I'm curious as to where your name came from, Satellite Frank. Oh my gosh, everyone's always curious. There's Course. people. There's people who just call me Frank and don't even know my real name. Don't pretend like you didn't do that shit on purpose. You know that you you picked uh, a name like that on purpose. I, I did. I did. Um, I have I have an uncle named Frank who lives in New Jersey, and that's it. And then Satellite. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Literally, there wasn't that much thought into it because. You know, my idea. I love space. I love stars, and I love you know galaxies and things like that. And I thought like, man, what is my one goal as like a DJ? Like what got me into DJing? And like, I love cultures. I love different types of music from all over. And I want to share that with the world. And I'm like, wait a minute, I can go beyond the world. Let's, let's make this like metaphor thing where I'm an astronaut that goes to different planets sharing his music or music that he finds. And there came satellite park that's a cool idea it works too because like frank is a uh oh there's the uh, soundcloud make sure you guys check that out too yeah um what kind of what genre is it so or what would you call it? this kind of has to do with something you know i sent you guys about like unpopular opinion because growing up i really love the idea of being very versatile reversatile however you say it um like i said i love a lot of different styles of music um maybe except country sorry uh but anyway, since I love all types of music, I want to make all types of music. I don't want to just be one trick pony. But sometimes the one trick ponies is like what gets you successful. So like to answer your question right now, I, I make like electronic, you know, dance music. Um, and I've, you know, the releases that I have so far have been focused on Afro, like African, um, you know, inspired stuff and Latin inspired stuff. Okay. Because you, you can get pretty technical with me because I listen to electronic music. He, he does. Oh, okay. Afro House, Afro House. Latin House. See, so like what, what? Yeah, okay. All right, cool. All right. Yeah. Like Minimal House or? I'd, li I'd like to. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. that's like right up my alley. I like that shit a lot. Yeah, minimal House music is the best. Well, you know, everyone's got their tastes, right? It's really <laughs> it's, in right now for sure. I mean, it's, all, it's never not been in. That's not true. It's, it's <laughs> no, always. Just stop talking about it's, it. You don't know what you're talking it's about. It's always been in. No, it hasn't. Yes, it has. No, okay. I mean, I grew up in Miami where it's just like, that's just, that was just a thing that, that's You're from what Miami? permeated the culture. You know what I mean? Tony 305. I forgot. That's up. where his name comes from. Tony 305. Really? His not DJ name. name. That's not, I don't have a DJ name either. Yeah, it's it's because it reminds me of uh, uh, Tony Mantana. Yeah. Ooh. He's uh, Scarface. 
Yeah. Alpaca nose. Now, why why do you why do you draw the comparison in that, that I'm Scarface? What do you mean? Why do you why do you like to make that comparison? Because you're not afraid of anything. Okay. Oh, that's on my forum. Too, that. so, uh, that's a self burn case. Yeah, whatever. Walked into that one. Uh, oh, whatever. So, uh, the bands that you're playing with right now, like, what kind of genres uh, would you say that they are? So they also span. Um, you know, um, right now I think I'm part of like four or five. Um, so I'm in Velvet 45, which is a duo with my friend Ian Opelinski. Shout out to him. Uh, our name is Velvet 45 because we're referencing like the 45 like records. And we like to do B-sides, like obscurities, like things that people don't get to listen to all the time when they go to these bars and places. But also we're, you know, I'm proud to say that we're good enough to accept a lot of requests as well. So we can do things on the fly. Um, so that's that group. Then we have Ferris, which is a three-piece 50s, 60s rock band uh, where I play drums in it. Um, then I'm part of Primetime Nino and the Thrill, which kind of based off the name, you can kind of guess. It's a reggaeton and hip-hop group. So that's completely different from 50s, 60s rock. And then uh, I'm in Astoria, which is actually another Jacksonville-based band um, led by Kira Livingston, who also does solo shows. Uh very powerhouse, you know, female lead vocalist. Uh, we do a lot of soul, uh, classic rock, blues, um, and funk. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of funk. Uh, and then funk is my segue to lead into Alchematic, which I hope to work with even more in the upcoming future, which is funky AF. <laughs> funky AF, as the kids say. Yeah. The uh, I listen to That's some That's awesome, of man. There's a lot of different bands and everything. That's cool. I don't know how I do it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I was gonna say he's not rubbing it in, but he's uh, he's on our record coming out soon. You'll get to hear his his musical stylings all over the place. Yeah, I was just about to say that what some of the scratch tracks that I heard, not the not the scratch, like your final stuff, but obviously not mixed yet. Right. Uh, the the performances were great, man. Thank you. That was so too. That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You guys made it like seriously, like coming from my heart. You guys made it like really easy and fun and enjoyable. So oh, thank man. you. Right back at you. Yeah, that was those we did. What was it like? One kind of super session almost you know like we just did kind of had a day brought him in and we'd done some jams before but like you walked in and had a lot of these ideas already you know we there was not a lot of coaching you really just felt what we were going for your your instincts were spot on it was it's very exciting stuff you guys are gonna you're gonna like it you guys want to like make out now or something or how's that yeah we got a room downstairs Oh, <laughs> you just like just gonna like take over Billy's room. <laughs> just like I'm washing my sheets right now, so you gotta wait a little while. Yeah. Oh, what did you do last night? There's a mattress we can ruin. He's I probably mean. scour scouring fucking uh, OnlyFans for his next unpopular opinion. <laughs> um, anyways, I can't afford that shit. <laughs> um, so. What what's kind of been like your journey up until now? Like you're, you're obviously you're influenced by a lot of different styles of music. You play multiple instruments. What's kind of been the trajectory up to this point? Uh, yeah, so uh, I think I've been in Florida for about like ten years, I believe now. Lost count at this point. But when I moved here, uh, it was high school, so I had to choose kind of like soccer because I I love soccer, or you know being in band, and that those both take a lot of extra cur curricular time, right? So since I wasn't that buff at the time and I was even shorter, I chose music, which I think was a, a good decision. Uh, and then I joined jazz band and in band, I would play clarinet in jazz band. I would play piano. And then out of those two, you know, unfortunately, goodbye to clarinet. I fell more in love with piano. So that was like my primary instrument. Um, 
what got me into the gigging life was our band director, Mr. K, shout out to him. He was um, super nice to the point where he would actually get gigs like outside of school for the combo, the jazz combo to do, which I was part of. And I started enjoying that. Like I, I enjoyed it. I liked that lifestyle. And I was like, man, I can make money off of this. Right. So um, I started going to open mics and open jams. Like it's a very important thing. People like they play it off as just being like a bunch of dudes getting together and, you know, guitar wankery. Right. But it's not like, the, the good jams, the good open mics bring people together and make the connections that last. And the first band that I joined here in Florida was called Big Logic and the Truth Serum. You can look them up on Spotify and all that stuff. I love that name. It's a cool oh, name. It's, they were badass. And um, they're now up in New York right now, um, but they come down here occasionally. Um, I did a tour with them up in, in New York at one point. And they play reggae, funk, rock, you know, everything. And they hosted an open mic at a place called Tortugas in Flagler Beach. So I started going there every Wednesday. And they started, like, enjoying it. They're like, bro, would you like to be part of the house band and help conduct this open jam? And I said, yeah, for sure. I'll be the the house keyboardist. And there you go. The rest was history. After that, I, you know, made a lot of connections through there, joined a lot of bands. And here I am, you know. Awesome, man. Um, so was there, so was that like kind of the moment for you where, well, no, I guess not because you were already kind of exposed to a lot of different stuff before then. Was there a person in your life that, that you would kind of attribute your, uh, your taste in music to, like your versatility in, in your music? Um, so can I like kind of like what, what inspired me to like to start music? Yeah, yeah, totally. So um, a lot of people don't know this, but you guys know the Blue Man Group? Yeah. Yeah, so they're very PG right now. Right. Unfortunately, because back in the day they were, there was only one blue man group that would tour the country and it was a rock group. They would even advertise as that blue man group, the rock concert tour. And my dad got that DVD for me, changed my world, you know, because I would watch it. I would set up pillows cause I didn't have a drum set at the time and I would get skewers. Right. And I would just use those as drumsticks and just beat on the pillows and just to tell you how crazy this is, like Blue Man Group, they used to stick cameras down people's throats, like audience members. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah, I remember that. And they would have like videos, like visuals going on with the music, and there would be like bloody scenes. Like, and like as a kid, like I just kind of like didn't know how, re- how to really take that in, but the music is what like brought it all together. And after that, I was like, I, I got to do music. You were hooked. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, that's uh, I, I never really got into them so much. They were kind of like a like a Vegas show act by the time I discovered who they were, you know? Did you ever get into them, Bill? No, uh, but I do remember uh, them being like everywhere for a, for a while when I was growing up. Yeah. How old are you, by the way? I'm 24. 24, yeah. So like you remember in like middle school and everything like that, they were like on every single commercial yeah, like, ever because of all their, their stuff. But So I wouldn't say I got into them because I was like really young. But at the same time, like... Yeah, I remember them for sure. Yeah, it's a. Uh, um, how do you think, kind of like the like running those jams and like you know your early experiences being in different bands? Like, how has that shaped your work ethic now as an artist and when you're getting hired to play with different people or even in your own writing? You know, for sure. Um, that's that's a good question because you interact with so many people. You know, like I'm so blessed that like I get to interact with so many musicians, and especially in a jam. 
you have to deal with a lot of different types of people. Oh, yeah, I know. You know, and like some days you really want to be rude, but you can't. And then some days you really want things to go the right way, but they don't. And that's just the, the luck of the draw, right? Um, I think the key is just being persistent and starting at, starting as early as you can and not being discouraged. Um, and regarding worth, uh, work ethic, um, my social skills got better because of jams. Because since you deal with so many people, like I would forget people's names like five minutes after like, you know, introducing myself and like I started getting better at that stuff. And then the people that were genuine and I could make connections with, those are the ones that I sought after. Those are the ones that I, that I went after. I'll, I'll say it like that. That's how I got introduced to um, Prohibition Kitchen. You know, uh, I met a gentleman named Stephen Pigman. Oh, yeah. Uh, then I joined his b- band like about a year later called uh, Funk Butter. Yeah. Which he played no, bass in that band, right? He played bass and sang, which like to me, like that set him apart than other people. I'm like, bro, if you can play those funky bass lines and sing, I'll be a part of your band. Yeah. And, you know, those opportunities like that led me to make different connections from Prohibition Kitchen. Then I got in touch with Rachel, uh, Sailor Jane. Um, and then I started, you know, following the Space Eaters. And then these are all local cats. Like, check all these people out. They're, they're beautiful human beings. Yeah, great bands, um, all of them. And they're talented. Like, I like surrounding myself with people that are better than me because it pushes me. Yeah. And then, you know, fast forward, you know, to now, again, I'm blessed and humbled that I can choose who I can play with. And it's unfortunate, but sometimes I have to say no. Like, I can only fill my plate up with so much. Yeah. It's a good problem to have, though, right? I mean, turning gigs down and opportunities down. That's what you're supposed to do, though. Say yes to everything until you're so busy that you unfortunately do have to say no because yeah. then you get to start to pick and choose a little bit about who you want to be with yeah i, I th- that mentality of say yes to everything i would say that like that that even extends like even if you have too much on your plate still say yes at some at some point like early on in your career anyway so you can learn what taking too mo- much on looks like and feels like and then be in those scenarios where where you did take too much on and like you're not really succeeding because you didn't give it what you were supposed to. Like you need to have those failure moments. You need to have like those, those kind of, you know, teachable moments, I guess, to kind of really learn how to do this thing. Right. I think. Yeah. And, and one thing like that I found out too, is like that limit that you're talking about. Like when you figure out like, okay, this is too much for me. Like I started to notice that when I couldn't um, put the effort I wanted to into all the projects that I had going on, you know, I rather um, focus on certain things rather than half-ass things, right? Because not only does that put my image down, but it also stresses me out. Because the last thing, and I know you guys have experienced this, you know, walking away from a performance being like, hey, I, I could have done better. I Like, you know you could have done better. You know? Yeah, totally. That destroys me sometimes. But That's what I feel like every time I leave a gig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what Ron Swanson say? Don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's exactly a Ron Swanson quote. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so what, with as versatile as you are with the music stuff and between being a DJ and a, and, a, and a musician and a writer, performer, and the various genres that you explore, what gets you excited about each thing, you know? Oh boy. Uh, let's see. Some things I do get excited, you know, more about, right? But you know, I got, I got my favorites, of course. Um, but like the, 
the thing is like the, the type of music I like is like unpredictable things that I don't like, I don't know what's going to happen around every corner, you know? And if I kind of, you know, have all these projects going on and I kind of don't know what to expect, you know, you can be surprised like in a good way, you know? And that happens to me a lot. I forgot my flash drive, right? People loved it. Like that surprised me. And it's like those things like blow my mind. And then I have a story to tell. And like, that's what keeps me going because you never know what's going to happen. I can walk into a place and be like, oh my gosh, there's, there's this guy from Snarky Puppy. Oh, here's a guy from, from, you know, the nth power. There you go. Like all this stuff. So like you, you never know. And, and that's why, you know, I, I also like being in these groups to kind of be in the scene as well. Again, this goes back to connections because my DJing, believing, believe it or not, it, um, it's successful because of the connections I made being a musician and vice versa. So, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, so more what I'm thinking of though, is like the way that you approach each genre, right? Because it's like, you, if you, if you, if you're playing in a jazz setting or you're playing in a funk setting or you're playing or you're DJing or you're like in a hip hop setting, like what about those genres? They're so different, all of them, right? And such different approaches, like what fulfillment, do you get doing each thing? You know what I mean? Okay. So being more specific. So, um, each like genre, like those are like the bands that I say yes to, those are the ones that I enjoy. That's the type of music I enjoy. I know the artist, I know the band leader, whatever. I know their vision. And like, I love so many types of music that like, I love playing that type of music, like the reggaeton band and hip hop. Like, you know, I don't listen to it every day, but when I'm busy with other things, it helps like balance everything out. And the way I approach it is like, okay, I'm going into a reggaeton and hip hop mentality. Let me listen or, you know, think about the artists that I enjoy under that genre and use that to influence what I play or what I add to, to the group. You know, I've been in, you know, Chris knows this. I've been in a country group. I do not play the same in a country band than I do in the reggaeton hip hop band. Yeah, if I did, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I shouldn't do that. Um, but thankfully, as I, you know, when I grew up, I got to listen to all these genres. So I have a pretty okay grasp, you know, sometimes people always harass me about this, you know, or they used to, or maybe they still do. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's, it's about like, oh, it's about the feel, man. It's about the feel more than what you play or some, some bands. It's like, it's more about the play rather than the feel. And I'm a very, um, I'm a very patient guy. So I'll ask you like, Hey, what do you want? You know, before I even enter the group, before I enter a commitment, it's like, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to approach this? You know, and, and I conform, you know, if the, if you pay me, I'll take off my pants, you know, <laughs> you know, um, you heard it here first kids. Andre will take off his pants. If you pay him, pay me enough. Um, <laughs> what would you say your rate is for oh. that? Oh my gosh. You have to ask, dude. You can't fucking. Yeah. I, uh, I got 10 bucks on it right here. You got 10 bucks? Yeah. Oh, he does. What do we yeah, think right we can pull together okay, to go. get Andre to pull his pants off in the podcast right now, guys? Oh, God. I'll really? $10. <laughs> $10. Yeah, okay. I got 10 on it also. Is that allowed on this? Like, I know like I know we're allowed to cuss. It's not allowed in my house. It's a- <laughs> oh, okay. How about that? Oh, God. Billy's always a fucking party. All right. Downstairs. Yeah. That's for downstairs. Yeah, that's for downstairs. Right? Yeah, for later. All right. Jeez Louise. I was going to ask you about uh, DJ and. Uh, I know this is gonna sound a stupid question, but like, where do you where do you find the songs that you DJ um, and play? For sure, uh, that that that's one of my favorite things about DJing right. is actually finding the music. Um, I have I was in Portugal recently in May. I was there May fifth through May twentieth. I 
found more music <clears throat> in those 20 days than I did in three months here. It's crazy because like, and what I mean by fi fine music is like you're in the car and you hear something on the radio and you're like, what the heck is this? Like this, this doesn't play here, you know, in America. And I didn't even have connection in the car. And I would just be recording videos of it for me to find later when I had like Wi-Fi or Shazam it or something. And those I add to a certain playlist, like on Spotify or whatever. And then later I go and download them either off of like a converter online or Beatport or these sites where you can buy music. Uh, the songs that I buy are the ones that I want good quality versions of. Of course. And those are usually like the bangers, the ones that I think are going to do very well for the crowd. And the, the versatility of genres that I like listening to, I think helps me with DJing because the one thing I learned being a DJ is like, there's always going to be someone in the crowd that does not like what you're playing. But luckily I'm just going to play everything. There you go. And eventually <laughs> I'll find it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I feel that. Um, I do want to get all the DJing stuff for sure. Uh, we should get, do bottom. But I of the jumped the gun. I jumped the gun. Yeah. We should do bottom of the billboard Story first. Story of my life. I got a whole section here in the DJ shit that I definitely want to ask I don't you. I fucking your read, about. dude. Obviously, bro. Really didn't read the storyline, guys. I don't know if to tell you. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but bottom of the billboard for those. I got you distracted by the pants thing. By the pants. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Bottom of the billboard is a segment that we uh, review a song every single week. Um, and we decide whether or not it goes on our Spotify playlist called Bottom of the Billboard. So check it out. You can see what has made it on in the past. You'll never know what didn't make it on unless you go back and watch the episode. So um, this week I chose Mellow My Man by The Roots. Uh, the first time I heard this song, I was just like blown away. Uh, I mean, the, everybody just delivered a fantastic performance on it. The music, I, I love, obviously my favorite part is just like the fucking swing breakdown. And and the uh, I love the like the the like the tone of the, 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 the kick drum, you know what I mean? Like you listen to like like old jazz swing and stuff like that. It's like, like you know, unfortunately, it's just it's it's just a sound of its time. So you don't usually get the, that pulse on the kick drum. But they fuck that's so fat and just like assertive sounding behind that very light, tasteful kind of swing. And then uh, and of the flow that was going over is just also. Uh, um, it just it floats, you know what I mean? It just floats over the whole thing, and I, I just I love I love the song and the horn parts, you know, it's like so subtle and everything about it is just a great song. I love it. Yeah, uh, the, the the yeah, without a doubt, that like jazz breakdown that they do in the middle of the song, and then it completely is an amazing contrast between like going back to the beat, and it's even cooler when they actually do go back to yeah, the beat. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that the 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 rap like just goes over it so perfectly, I was like, what? what? Do, is this a thing? Is jazz hip hop a thing where they just rap over jazz? Oh yeah, because this is fucking amazing. Why haven't they done this? It makes perfect it, sense. Yeah, it's been done for well, sure. Well, I'm just saying, like, it needs to be more of it because I do really like this song a lot. Um, I do notice the uh, I'm starting to look the more of the hip hop stuff that you sh show me. I know what you like now, though, when it comes to like the lyrics of it, which is like just put rhymes inside of the the ABAB pattern or whatever. I do like you that. You love that shit. I, it, I like do, every other word like rhymes. I do like it. it I don't it, know why. If, no, I, I, I like it when the words make sense. When they're sh like putting shit in there to, just to try and make it fit that pattern. I, I, I can see through that. And I, I don't like that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, overall, uh, I love this song. It's really cool. I, I really liked it. The, the fact that I was listening to it on my like Skullcandy uh, uh, earbuds. And still like that crazy 808 bass like sounded like just I was like I was blown away. That's the best that my headphones have ever sounded like. How do they even uh, uh, 
what's the word bounce that down and make it like so great especially or mix it i mean that, sorry that came that came out in like 94 95 okay 95, yeah. I checked it. yeah so like just thinking about that like the, the context of the time like that was i mean the roots were revolutionizing the entire like that entire scene at that time you know it's they really did an amazing like quest love alone is just such a genius you know yeah i need to listen to more of the roots i really haven't the, the, I, I love that I loved every time that I've got to see them and everything like that, but I never really like listened to a full album before. Yeah, and as far as like the jazz hip hop stuff, there's a lot of bands like there's August Green that does a cool kind of neo soul hip hop uh, jazz thing. Artificial from Miami, they're not together anymore, but they were a band that was kind of coming up back in the day, and uh, they were amazing with that shit. Cause it was all the UM guys that were just like playing jazz, and then these super talented uh, writers, you know, uh, these rappers. And it was really good. I would highly re recommend checking them out too. I want to put more jazz breakdowns into different genres of music, though. We did that. We, we were we were working on a uh, on a collaboration of the Outcast song "Rosa Parks." Yeah, yeah. And we actually it was it was a jazz breakdown on Andre 3000's verse. Yeah. That we it was it was actually inspired by that Roots song. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I we played a gig the other night together, and I was on bass for it. And I looked over at the drummer and was like, "Are we going into the swing part?" Because I didn't know if you guys had adopted we that into no, your live thing. No. So I start walking the bass line, and he just kind of looks over at me like, "What the fuck are yeah. you doing?" Yeah, no, that was that was that was with Brandon. Brandon kind of yeah, no, know. for sure, he yeah. he oh, ran with it. I thought you were talking about uh, was a Saturday night. It was with Aaron. I looked. Sat over at Aaron. Well, that's when the that guy like just walked in and started playing the keys, and yeah. I was just like, "Hell yeah, dude, take it." Yeah. Oh and my he god. Crushed it. Hit the room on fire. That oh was my was god. Was he the older gentleman? No, no, no. It was just I. He, he must have just been like. Uh, His name was Javon. Javon. He was on vacation for a wedding. He had to be. Yeah. Because he was just with a wedding party and everything uh, there, and like I, he walked in and he just had like red dreads and like these like crazy looking shoes and he was just like dressed up like, like really weird looking and I'm like he's like hey man what key are you in because any other person like walking up to touch my piano I just want to punch him in the face. Just stop touching my piano at gigs. Please stop touching my piano. I, I, don't, I don't care. If, just stop. Yeah, piano's but, a metaphor. Exactly. Don't, don't touch my piano. Don't touch yeah. my piano. Piano to the fence? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. uh, uh, he, came, he came and showed up and uh, uh, asked me what key I was, and I was like, yeah, I can feel it. I, I feel like he knows this. <laughs> and then he just destroyed it. I mean, like, it was It was insane. fun, too, because he didn't really know, like, with the, the keyboard, because I have a virus, and I have a Nord Electro 3, and I'm like, I'm sure he could figure it out eventually. It was like, no, I'll just help you. I was like on the ones and twos, like trying to get him to like the right voice settings and stuff like that. But he crushed it. If you're out there watching, like, please, like, where are you? Where are you from? Yeah. And he just like vanished like Batman after we got done playing. He's like shook my hand and then left. Yeah. It was, oh, it, we were speechless for like a good minute after the song ended. We were just like, what the fuck just happened right now? Awesome. He crushed that And then you shit. made me do a My Solo for Stevie Wonder, and it was just not as good. Well, I mean, you not know. Not even close. You do what you do. <laughs> he, does, he does what he does. on that one, though. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed that you one. You know how I know that you're a guitar player? How <laughs> is that when you play all of the lines up on the bass and, like, not down on the bass? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple of times. And I, was, I will say that you are uh, probably one of the better guitar players that plays bass. But at, but there's a couple of times where I was like I, I look back and I, that's I even told you that on stage I was like, that's how I know you're a guitar player, bro. So I never I, noticed that. What, before. What, did, what did I say? Fuck you. Probably. <laughs> I just immediately I knew that I just burned you. I just looked away and went back to singing. So whatever you said, I didn't even hear it, and we're just gonna leave it like that. Well, anyways, well, here, folks. Go yeah. Fuck Anton. <laughs> I get that a lot. But but going back to the segment, I guess did you like this song? Yeah. <laughs> my my uh, my response to that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You said. Uh, you said 
one of you guys said something was fat in the song. Let's just this, room, let's yeah. just make sure that we all spell it the same. P H A T. Yeah. It's fat like fat. You yeah. Know? Um. Yeah. So it's coming back from a gig. I don't remember which one. Uh. So my ears were kind of shot a little bit, but I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna put on the song, and I kind of put my volume up, and like you know it's a good song when like it sounds amazing even after you just did like a crazy loud gig yeah and again i like unpredictable music so when i went to that jazz break i was like this is it and you know i've heard of quest love before and he actually djs too believe it or not oh yeah uh sure during covid during lockdown i would watch a lot of his streams i'm not gonna say he's the best dj but he has a really cool collection of vinyl i believe and he also like um talks on the mic a lot and gives you like facts he's probably one of the most well-informed musicians and the most uh i mean his record collection is just like insane i don't know how anybody could consume that much music and like with the variety that he does it as well you know and he knows who produced every record he knows all the players on every record yeah, it's true it's like he is he's like the biggest geek in the like the best way you know yeah um, um, he, uh, there's this, uh, a little like YouTube special or whatever, where it's just like a day in the life of Questlove and like just what he does day to day. And like, there's just one little part where he's taking all these like giant, like terabyte hard drives around because it's all of the music that he has, like that he's bought. And it's like, just like a, like a grocery bag full of terabyte hard drives. And I'm just like, Oh my God, that nobody in the, in the world could listen to that much music. There's not enough time. Yeah. Especially like, cause he's like maybe 50 at the, <laughs> I don't know. He's older than that now. You think so? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, anyways, good for you, Questlove. I'm glad you. I can, I can imagine him like reaching into that bag and being like, hey, give me a minute. Let me find uh, Diana, Diana Ross's uh, song from this year. Uh, yeah. Just picks it out. Yeah. But it's wild. Ooh, what is that? Oh, 51. Yeah. No, there he is. Nailed it. Yeah. But I, I. That song was, was was badass, and then I went to check the year ninety five, and like, I wish rap and like hip hop and stuff was like that today. You know, I'm kind of tired of hearing those like mechanical, automated hi hats, you know, screeching at you. Well, I mean, it is, and and here's the thing that that wasn't the mainstream at that time either. You know, like conscious hip hop has never been mainstream, so it needs to be. It needs to be. I'm I'm one except for the Black Eyed Peas, I'd say. Um. I don't know that. I'd, I mean, yeah, they kind of. Where, where, where's the love? Yeah, I mean, they kind. There, there's some people that broke through. Like, they're kind of in that. In that world, like Nas for sure was another guy that that made it to the mainstream. That was for sure a conscious rapper. You no, know I'm kidding, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they, they, but here's the thing about it is that they the, some of the lyrics like in their earlier stuff was actually pretty good. You know, and, and it was like socially aware and that kind. Of, but then, you know, let, let's get it started. You know, like I was about that. to say, don't they have a song about it? Uh, just getting, getting fucked up, getting R worded. Yeah, R worded. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's also, not really conscious. I mean, also every rapper, whether you're conscious or a conscious rapper or not, like you have a song about partying or like chicks or whatever it might be. That's just everyone's trying to get that one, that one song. You know one what I mean? One hype song. Yeah, club banger. Yeah. Well, anyways, does it make the playlist? I obviously yeah, unanimous. Yeah, is there anything, else, yes. anything else you want to say about the song? Um, like you said, I gotta check out more of the roots, you know, yeah. because you popped my cherry on that, and thank you. Oh, you got it, but anytime, I'll exp- whatever you guys want to l- know about like good music, I will just I'll be your beacon of light and all that. Just you've been you've been you've been uh, uh, suggesting a lot of safe ones though. Safe lately. ones? Yeah. What do you mean? I mean like this one and the one before that was what Wolfpack. And then yeah. the other one was 
This is stuff that I'm listening to currently. You know what I mean? Mm, I don't believe you. You don't believe me? Nah. Why? I don't know. Because you're trying to. I think you're trying to beef up the playlist with more of your picks than mine. Oh, all your picks are making it too. No, they're not. Like none of them made it. Which one did? Which one didn't make it? You didn't put. You didn't put the broken social scene on there. I put the. Uh, that was like six months ago. I I did put the. Uh, I don't know what time is. Uh, the the Radiohead one that you picked. Oh yeah. That one made the playlist for sure. Yeah, that's true. Creep. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Anyways, that was pretty sick. One too. Yeah, that, that's right. what I'm about to say. Like, isn't that? Yeah. All right, all right, yeah. All right. I'll stop talking. Um. All right. So now let's get into the DJ stuff because I'm fascinated about this side of it as well. Um, you said uh, historically you just love electronic music, though, <laughs> right? Who's your favorite? Um, I'm a really big fan of David Guetta. I'm just joking. Uh, yeah, not, I was about to say we don't oh, judge here. We don't judge here. No, I don't. I'm, I'm not. A, I'm he not says a they're fan not real medium. musicians. That's not what Which I is said. Pretty at all. crazy. That's actually not what I say at all. I say the exact opposite. I'm. I'm. I'm like. So I grew up in a in a household like my dad's a musician. All of his friends are musicians. Uh, my uncle, like everyone's a musician. Okay. So the narrative was that DJs are not musicians. Okay. Now, um, as I started getting more into what I like to listen to and exploring my own musical career, I started working with producers and, and especially coming up in, you know, 2010s, you know what I mean? Like, like EDM, pervaded the culture in South Florida. It just, it just was the mainstream thing, you know, and that's when, uh, um, dubstep was like be, really becoming a big thing. So, and I knew a lot of pro like, like drummers and producers and people that they were like becoming DJs because that's what they wanted to do. And they got me hip to a lot of things were happening at that time. So I became very aware of the fact that they're, that especially when we're talking about composing the music, it doesn't matter what, your, your tool is, you know, the instrument is just the tool, whether you're playing the fretboard of a guitar, or you're hitting keys or you're pushing buttons on, on a laptop. It doesn't matter. It's you have an idea in your head and you can make it come to life. That's what being a musician is. So um, DJs 100% get my, get, get my respect if you're composing your own music. Now, if you're hitting play at a bar and Space letting wire. that shit ride then you're not a musician. You have a different skill set and knowing how to build a set list and read a room, but that's not necessarily built being a musician though. You're not creating anything. Believe it, believe it or not, sorry to cut you off right no, there, but believe it or not, I actually had the same mentality back in the day. I did not like DJs whatsoever. Getting into music, I was like, DJs are dumb. They, they just press buttons, just like you said. And like, I completely like agree with a lot of what you just said. Um, that is why I started composing music and making music that I can DJ because not only am I offering the skills of like reading a room, like you said, but I can also play my own stuff that no, no one can hear other places. So that's what I'm really curious about. So, um, I'm, so there's these different approaches to being a DJ, all these different avenues you can take. You can be like a producer and a composer and then perform your music, or you can just, you know, play the hits at a bar. I'm sure. So, what are the different avenues that you can take as a DJ and what's the avenue that you're currently on? Ooh, yeah. Love this question. So, um, the other thing that like is awesome is you can find remixes of songs that, you know, going back to what you said earlier, um, I love diving in and discovering music. I was in Portugal. I discovered so much music and like, I hear all these remixes that people won't hear in other places. Um, you know, 
like I, I, I have like a banger, like a banger that I call whatever. Uh, it's girls just want to have fun, you know, classic 80s tune or whatever. But it's like an Afro upbeat booty shaken version of it. And like not everyone has heard it. Maybe there might be someone out there that has, you know, heard that version. But I like bringing that to the audience. I think one of the biggest jobs as a DJ, right, um, and this is how you can tell, you know, if a DJ is committed or not. And like this is how I tell which ones I think are serious. And it's the fact that they go out of their way to discover all this type of music to bring to you. You know, they, they, they play the music that you, that you want to hear, you know, not just the top 40, you know, um, I'm not hating on my other DJ friends. You know, this is why I'm trying to get away from weddings and birthday parties because they just want to hear the same stuff. I can literally just hit a button. Like you said, play and go from one song to the other. I'm not here to do that. I'm here to, you know, bring to you my findings. My job is to go out and search for music like that. You don't have to right? And then I want somebody to come up to me and be like, hey, what was that? What did you just play? That's how I know I did it successfully. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I think that's a, that's an important thing to, to make a distinction on because there is a creative outlet for sure. Even if you are putting together a set list and like there's ways you can like mix genres and do remixes on things where it's very creative as well. And um, so I'm curious, like, are there, if you want to be a DJ that that makes a living or find success being a composer or someone that remixes, uh, you know, different, different songs. Is there a different route that you would take than like doing the corporate wedding thing or playing bars? You know, I would take my route where it's become a musician first. Like that helps a lot. You know, um, not only do you get a better sense of rhythm, but you also understand keys of songs. You understand, um, notes, transitions, how to loop, believe it or not. You know, my, you know, I have a $500, which I'm trying to sell. Uh, RC505. I don't know if you guys know what that is. It's like a, it's like a looper, right? Like a legit looper. Oh, Beatboxers yeah, yeah. use the, it. and right? boss one? The boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, I'm trying to get rid of that because my DJ equipment is actually better at looping stuff. And I'm like, whoa. Um, my goal uh, right now is actually to incorporate my instruments into my DJ set to make it more of a show. I've already eliminated the laptop out of my out of the equation. Cause I think a lot of DJs hide behind a laptop. So I, I have certain equipment that, you know, I don't need um, a laptop. I just do flash drives. Right. Um, so that together with, you know, my instruments, like I can get a better interaction with the crowd. It's more of a show and, you know, taking that route as a, like a musician, you know, g- going into DJing, uh, like I said, you get a better sense of it and, and a, a, a better outlook on it. So, I would recommend that, you know, you know, learn about the, the instruments, learn about the breaks, learn about verses, choruses, phrasing, because um, that will that will help you. You know, I see some DJs out there, no hate, right? Um, they just, they don't know where to transition from one song to another. Yeah, for sure. There's vocals on top of vocals, and it's like, okay, they'll learn, but it's also good to know why, you know, so... Yeah, it's nothing worse than seeing a bad DJ at a, at, a, at a bar. You know what I mean? The thing is, is like the the whole thing that makes it bad is 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 like you said, the transition. Yeah, and you can just tell really quickly when it's like, oh, cool. I love hearing two drum beats that don't line up at the same time, and it's not definitely in any sort of corresponding key, or major, minor, circle of fifth, nothing, or yeah. mode, or anything like that. But yeah, that takes like you know years of music theory to really grasp and understand. So I think uh, they're musicians. 
Did you not hear what I just said? <laughs> no, because you said you said if they don't uh, uh, create it, they're not musicians. Yeah, I mean, I think there has to be. I think there's. That's to be what an I'm trying to say. No, you, you have to it, it. to be a good DJ, even if you're playing everybody else's music. You still have to have a musician's brain to do it very well. I'd be curious to so know. So you are a musician. I mean, yeah, but boom. Yeah, but I'd be curious to know how many DJs know like theory in the way that you think they do, just because they can match up keys. You know what I mean? So you could also just have an ear. And just know that something sounds right or wrong. You know what I mean? Doesn't mean that they like studied up on theory and like did all did all that shit. But regardless of what, that doesn't that's not even what makes you a musician or doesn't make you a musician. Plenty of people out there play that don't know what the fuck they're doing and they're great musicians. Yeah, and they're successful. So yeah. Um, but uh, to me, there's a difference between like like if you're taking like, existing music and you're remixing it or you're or you're figuring out a way to like create cool transitions. That's a skill. I don't think that you're a musician, though. If you're a DJ that's producing and composing music, then you are 100% a musician, you know? Yeah, and I just said uh, my reasoning, so yeah, we're just going to have to agree to disagree. Okay, well. Cut it out. Uh, what do you think about that? Oh, put me against the wall here. I'm kind of on your side, honestly, um, because it just sucks to say, but I've seen such bad DJs. It's like, and the ones that like I like, I go and do research, and I find out, like, oh, they had some musicality at some point, right? Um, you know, oh, I've, I've played percussion. Okay, so you got a sense of rhythm. That's why I can tell when you're transitioning between two songs, you use the drum beat more to like transition, right? The, the percussion, right? There's percussive breaks in songs, right? Use that section. That's how I know, like, that's the type of DJ, okay? Then, like, for me, I like vocal breaks. When there's like a vocal break and there's like nothing underneath it, I bring the beat in from another song right underneath the vocal that's already going and i loop the vocal echo it out do whatever reverb it out whatever you know those are the things i listen for when i'm deciphering hmm is this a d is this a dj that you know knows his his you know theory or his music and stuff like that or is it just you know him getting lucky or because like you said it can also be a routine it could be a dj that just knows what a good transition is after so much trial and error to the point where he does it over and over again right that's where, you know, consistency is the thing. Like, are you going to go and see him all the time? Does he play the same stuff all the time, right? My thing is the, the genres. If you can, you know, I think that shows the crowd too that I have musicality, that I can go from a, like a samba, like a Brazilian samba version of like a, like a Taylor Swift song. I literally have that. I go from that into like a Black Eyed Peas song. Like that's completely different, but you would have to know some theory to do that you know, other people wouldn't think of that. Yeah. So. Are you like producing those remixes or is that the stuff that you find? So I find remixes. However, I can make edits, right? So I can go onto Ableton, cut out certain parts and do what I need to, um, even though it's time consuming. For my own songs that I produce and make, um, and this is also a good thing that helps out DJs, is like try and make some music because it helps. You learn, right? Everything's a learning process. Don't be scared. You know, it's, it's supposed to be fun. And I started out with that mentality. Um, just, like all, just like all of us, we have so much unfinished songs and projects, right? And one day I was just like, you know what? I'm going to push through. I don't care. I'm going to push through. If this doesn't sound right, if this hi-hat sound doesn't sound right, I'll come back to it. Use it as a placeholder, come back to it. I did that. And my song Dancing, that's how that song came out. I literally recorded cowbell, shakers, bongos. Like I recorded all that stuff on the song. You can go listen to it. Um, but let me tell you, it wasn't the first try. It wasn't the first try. And 
it gives me a cool feeling being able to play that like out and I would recommend that to everyone like go and make music because you will learn about it and it'll help you learn more about the other songs that aren't yours too because then you'll hear things you'll be like wait a minute I incorporated this because I heard it in this song right stuff like that so is there like a place is there like an outlet that works better for showcasing your music versus like you know one venue over the other you know what I mean yeah, that goes back to kind of like the weddings and birthday parties, right? Unless they really love me, you know, at a wedding, it's not about me. It's about the couple. Right. Um, so I'm catering to them. That's what they're paying me for. Unless they really want to hear an original, I'm not going to play it at all. At a club, right? Um, when I forgot my flash drive, I didn't have the balls to do it. I'll be honest. Um, you know, my newest song, Paradox, the BPM is 136, which is very fast, Right supposed to be like a booty shaking like afro high tempo song i've always wanted to make one like that that's billy's resting heart rate actually so <laughs> oh gosh no the, the most of the songs that i make are around like 160 170 yeah he likes his fucking, like, yeah, like drum and bass like tempos. drum and bass or like uh it almost sounds like a uh, happy hardcore oh yeah okay. but not as cheesy but it is pretty cheesy it's pretty cheesy but it's, it's good but yeah, yeah. cheesy I'm going to... I'll show you later. Please, yeah. Right. Show me that in your room downstairs later. Okay, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> the sheets might be dry by then. Ooh, it's be a good okay. night. We'll put on your song and there you go, 170 BPM the whole night. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, you <laughs> a fucking rabbit, bro. <laughs> but but yeah, um, yeah, so Paradox is like really fast and, you know, I got up to those tempos like at the end of my, of my set at Hoptinger um, on Saturday, but since I was so uncomfortable before and I wasn't feeling myself... I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna promote myself. I'm gonna have other opportunities to do it because I want the vibe to be right. It's kind of like a first kiss, you know, like that first introduction of your touch and things like that has to be romantic. It has to be special. So, save. I'm saving it. I'm saving. It's a good call. I think that it's kind of a. There's an idea of playing playing original music out at at bars like that, and uh, you know, just to see what the crowd reaction is. I've had a lot of people that don't play music professionally or play music at all tell me oh just write a song and then play it at a bar and see what the reactions that's how you know you got a hit it's like well no that's <laughs> not how you know you got a hit if they like it because first off there's already a pre-existing uh, awareness on people's part when i'm playing last dance and mary jane at a bar right it's not the first time they've heard the song they love it because they know it mm -hmm. right so you can't like if you're gonna gauge whether or not a song is good based off the crowd's reaction at a bar that's there to hear a cover band or somebody just playing the hits, then it's not a real response to what the song could actually be. So it is like you're saying, it's it's gotta be at the right moment because you need, if you want an honest reaction, it, there's got, the settings gotta be right, you know? When you mix and master a song, do you just listen it, listen to it on one pair of speakers or do you listen to it on multiple? Oh, fucking everything. Same thing with an original song, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think, is there like a like a, pet peeve that you have with DJs when you see them playing out? You don't have to call any names, but it's better if you do, mm -hmm. but you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I got so many. Let me choose. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, let's see. A pet peeve of mine is, um, you know, we'll go back to the lovemaking metaphor and the kissing and all that stuff. It's supposed to be a patient and beautiful thing. I hate DJs that put like 30 seconds of a song and go to another 30 seconds of a oh, song. It drives me and crazy. it's just like, bah, bah, bah. I'm like, bro, I'm getting sensory overload right now. Like chill the fuck out. That's like, that's like some shit you'd see at a club like in South beach. Everyone's just rolling balls and just 
going with that. You know what I mean? Who likes that for real? Uh, I think the worst I've ever seen it, and I feel bad because he's, you know, my best friend, Skrill Skrill. But <laughs> when I saw, saw Skrillex at Halloween uh, uh, last year or last fall, it was just, it was so bad like that where it was literally like you maybe got 25 seconds of a song and it just kept on like changing all the time the light show the production was amazing uh, the sound quality obviously was insane too but it's just like just let something ride for a little bit yeah sunny more it's like live music because like when you're playing like a funk jam or you're in a jam band yeah it's the groove man like the groove can settle in it can get into your blood can get into your you know the vibes right you know some songs have like a sick drop i love those I love songs that have a nice groove, too, that stay in the pocket the whole time. A little bit of both is great. Now, if you're giving me a drop every 30 seconds, bro, it's like it gets old real fast. You pre-came, basically. You pre-come. It's like, <laughs> bro, you're jizzing all over the place. Like, chill. Yeah. It's fucking hilarious. I preed. I preed. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember where that's from. I didn't come up with that. Or if I did, whatever. You can use it. That's free charge. But yeah, no one's... But that's the other thing is, like, Skrillex is reading the room. No one's there to dance at a Skrillex concert concert whatever show what, i could, the whole do, point I could is, do the 30 seconds like all i mean that's fine if you want that fine hoptinger probably is spot where i play the bangers uh another person that's like that uh when they first started coming out was girl talk did you ever listen to them uh so they they were just like taking all these like they would take like 60s and 70s classic rock songs and then just put them all on top of each other but like they they would have like not even like five seconds of a clip of a song uh, on top of like it would be like i don't know uh, like Freddie Mercury singing it and for five seconds and then it would be, I don't know, Elton John like right next to it. And you'd be like, what? All right. Some of that I, I think could be done tastefully, you know? It, it wasn't. It wasn't. It though. was cool at the time because no one had done it before yeah. like that or I, I had never seen it before and and then it just got old very quickly. What was that one DJ? Um, fuck, he was like really big in like the mid-2000s, maybe even earlier than that. Um, and he did like the remix of that of that Elvis song. Oh, the little satisfaction song. Yeah, yeah. That, it was like, yeah. I don't, I don't know who did that, boys. I don't know what we're paying you for, but get on that. <laughs> the, uh, um, it's like a weird like name too, but he did a lot of that kind of stuff where he like he would mix like like vocals sometimes, and like you would. And it, I I thought that was a cool thing, but I could see what you're saying where it could be like obnoxious and abrasive. But I think I think it'd be done tastefully if it's like a nod to like another artist or something, you know, like a callback. But every every like five ten seconds it would change like that, and you're just slim. like oh Fat my Boy God. Slim, Fat Boy Slim. That's who it was. Oh, oh was it Fat Boy, Boy Slim, not Junkie still, XL. Huh? It's not Junkie XL. No, oh yeah, Fat Boy Slim. It's, it's probably Junkie XL actually. Yeah, without a doubt. See, but I'll, Fat Boy, I know he can he can also do like some chill stuff too. Yeah, like that. I I give him respect though. Can you look up Fat Boy Slim? The, the the see if he did the Elvis. Thing. I'm he almost didn't. positive. He did. It was Junkie XL. I watch him on YouTube all the time. He he does uh, great deep dives into uh, uh, synth uh, about like where um, sounds come from um, on on records and stuff like that. He's really cool. You should check him out. Oh, that's cool. I will. Yeah. He's still relevant. Still um, doing shit. I mean, yeah. He, he wrote all those uh, classics bangers or whatever like that. So he's still making money off that. But he's just a really cool guy. He just loves music and loves synthesizers a lot. Yeah. So I just watch him for that. Gotcha. Well, on the uh, the conversely on that, what are some pet peeves of the audience members that? Uh... <laughs> yeah, what do they hate about you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. What do you hate? Everything. Yeah. Everything <laughs> actually. <laughs> Your name's not Frank. It's like, oh, it's like, uh, um, I mean, every DJ, you know, they they already they're gonna agree with me, but like, you know, drunk people can be drunk people, you know, and requests at a horrible time is a pet peeve. Like, you know. 
I, I'm nice, right? But like, don't pressure me. Like, just don't pressure me. Like, if I got the dance floor going, and you're gonna come up and be like, you know, I'm at, I'm at. The thing is, people. I just wish the average listener could understand a little bit more about BPM. Sometimes I get lucky with the request that's relatively the same BPM, or maybe I have a remix of the song. That's why I like remixes a lot too, because they give me the chance to have a different BPM version of the same song, meaning they can be thrown out at different occurrences, right? Different scenarios. Right. Um, and I usually do that with like more popular songs because also I get tired of listening to the original song so much because it's requested so much. Right now going around a lot is ABBA, right? Gimme, gimme, gimme. Like they love that shit. The girls love it. Um, the other, actually the uh, Sunday, the day before 4th of July, um, I was playing with a couple friends and uh, one of my friends, Stavez, shout out to him, he put out a sick, he played uh, a sick remix of that song, um, sick remix, and I took a picture. I'm like, I, I need that. I need that because not only now do I have the original version, but I have the remix. So then when someone comes and harasses me, then I'll have it. But that's a pet peeve um, when the audience... Like when one drunk person is just like in the middle and wants it to be all about themselves, that's a pet peeve. Um, like, what do you mean? Like, how are they acting? Like, it depends on the event. But like, I've been to events where it's like, like you're you're here to enjoy the music and dance. That's fine. But then when yeah, you can tell like they want the attention. They yeah. they're there to get attention, and like either they're drunk already or maybe not even drunk. They just start doing crazy dance moves that don't match the music or they do something that makes the attention go to them. And it's like, that's fine. Like I'm not a, an attention slut or whore or whatever, but, um, but like that can interrupt someone else's, you know, peace or like vibe, you know? So. Yeah, for sure. I had uh, one time I was at a, uh, first time I ever saw like a, a jam band show. I was like 21 or some shit. And my friend, my coworker at the time gave me some mushrooms and, I, and we went to a revolution in Fort Lauderdale Ooh. and we were, uh, we saw dark star orchestra, which is like a grateful dead tribute band, but they were like fucking like a really good one. Um, and very, like, like very famous too, like not like a, like a slouch bar band. Um, and, uh, so anyways, like I, I eat the mushrooms and it's like first time like taking mushrooms at a show, you know, I'd done plenty before that, but just my first time at a concert and, so we're, I'm in the crowd and I'm like watching the band and I'm blown away by just everything that's happening. The, like the musicianship is so good. The way that like the songs are flowing, the transitions, everything is so amazing. And as one chick just comes up to me and starts like, like throwing her hippie hands like in my face doing all kinds of weird shit, like witchy woman kind of shit. Trying to blow you up, dude. No, but like, but like she, there's no lights or like anything cool happening. You don't need lights if you're good. <laughs> <laughs> It was. I hate that crap too so much. And then, but then, she, like, I, I kind of like looked at her. I was like, okay, stop. Like, and she could tell it was making me uncomfortable, so she doubled down on it. Oh, and I no. was like, fuck this bitch. I mean, like, it was terrible. You're trying to watch the band. Yeah, it's like I'm not like, and I'm also like not a dancer, and that really bothers people like who are dancing around you. They they want you to to enjoy it the same way that they are. And it's like I'm not judging you for enjoying it the way that you're enjoying it. Let me enjoy it the way that I'm enjoying it. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm usually like in the back anyways. Like, what do you, don't pull, let's try and pull me out to the dance floor and like maybe make me do this your way, you know? Now, now imagine, and this has happened to me on multiple occasions. Um, I went to Miami for a festival and this group of girls right in front of me, like I'm trying to listen to the DJ. They were talking louder than the music. I 
couldn't hear the music over their talking. They were there to have a girlfriend day or whatever. Yeah, socialize. I'm, I'm like, bruh, like. What did you pay for? Like, what? What's what? What was the tickets for? No, they just want they just want to say they were there. That's all it is. Yeah. Like, it's never about that. To... And and I don't know if you guys know about this culture, but the fan clacking, like, oh I, my oh gosh, yeah. it's so annoying. Uh, where did I see that? I couldn't remember. Uh, it was for some some uh, musician where they had. She didn't realize that they were doing fan clacking the whole time, and she's like, "Oh, you gotta cut that out." <laughs> Dude, I, I would stop my set. I would be. I would literally put down the volume, get my mic, and be like, "If you want to hear what I got to play, like, if I'm at a festival one day, hope to God." Shout out to God. Um, <laughs> Shout out. Yahweh, it's my boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my home G. Uh, yeah, I would put it down and be like, hey, stop clacking. You guys have no sense of rhythm. There's a delay between my speakers and your ears. So it's like chill. And then I put the music back on. I remember uh, there's this video clip of Justin Bieber yelling at a crowd because they were clapping on the one and three. Oh. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Cut it out. It's a really funny clip if you all have seen it. Do you know what we're talking about? The fan clacking stuff? Oh, uh, do I ever? Okay, Gene all right. It. Sorry. Just make it short. Is Gene sending it this way? Yeah, fan. There's a whole group of it's people. literally that it's exactly what you think it is they're just whipping out a fan and just going to the beat they're doing that at, the, at jamiroquai at halloween oh I've, I've never seen it before yeah. why oh, would they do it on Jam oh, jamiroquai is so i mean awesome. to be fair it was not a good set i will say yeah but, i've always thought know. jamiroquai was a woman and then i looked them up <laughs> i mean the name's misleading and that's also and the just voice, name of the too. band jamiroquai is just uh i'm sorry jacob collier is just like the new jamiroquai right Ooh no no oh. but i mean that's what basically what it is right I'm with you, Chris. Uh, yeah. I don't, you think I don't, about it. I, I mean, mean, it's just a really young guy. Well, I'm, I don't know how Jacob, how old Jacob Collier is now, but like like he was very young. He's, he's my age. Can you believe that? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's 24. what I'm saying. He's, he, but he's been around for a little while. But he was, he was getting famous when he was much younger, and so was Jamiroquai. The I don't same think, person. Jacob Collier was Tiny Tim, though. He got to start in acting. So oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. wild. He did. Yes, he was in in a, in a, in a UK movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah I think it, it actually, I was. Uh, Tiny Tim and uh, Wilmer Elementary production. Yeah, you were. I was. Yeah, you were. I said, God bless us, everyone. That's all I had to say. Nice. Shout out to God. My Shout out to God. I was, I was very, very Hashtag. small child, though. So, um, fit the role. I don't know that they're, that, that they're analogous because, like, Jamiroquai was making pop music. Like, Jabe Collier is not making pop music. Uh, pop, yeah. Charlie Puth would be a better comparison. Mm. Nah, I don't think so. I think it's Jacob Collier because it's like way more complicated than pop music. Jamiroquai's music isn't like that complicated. Yeah, but it's a, like like it. They're 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 funk pop tunes. You know what I mean? Jacob Collier's doing like like fusion, like like very complicated. The harmony is like insane. It's microtonal, some of it. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. it's like and Jamiroquai is writing pop tunes that are funky. But they're both young, weird, lanky dudes from. England, so whatever. Same thing, yeah, yeah. you're right. They're basically yeah. the same person. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's it. In every in every aspect. I have a really good story about something that that, that the audience member was doing. I do this constantly too because uh, they they do it a lot. Uh, is that somebody likes to try and tap their silverware on plates along with the music? Never seen that before. And I, I like because I've played so many shows with you, and, I, and even like the acoustic shows, and I still have never seen. I know that. it doesn't happen all the time, but it happens. Yeah. And when it does, what I like to do is because first off, they're out of time always. Of course. Uh, second off, they're doing it to get the attention. They're just doing it to get attention, and and it's like, and so this one time specifically, I'll, I'll talk about was at a at ABBQ, which is a spot that I play every other Sunday. I do like a like a brunch thing there. And normally it's great, but this one day, this dude's like there and he has like a, like, I don't know, 
I think it was like a chopstick or something. I don't even know how he got that, but he had it and he's like tapping his glass with it, like along with, or thinks he's doing it along with the music. And his wife is like saying, stop it, stop it. So what does he do? He goes harder on it and he thinks he's being funny now. So my natural, my natural reaction was just to bring the music way down. So all you could really hear was him just hitting the thing like across the entire restaurant. And it's like, you couldn't even hear, I'm, I'm like whispering into the microphone. I'm like barely like strumming my guitar. And all you can hear is just him like just obnoxiously whacking a glass with a chopstick at loud volumes <laughs> until he's just looking around. I was like, oh, <laughs> puts it down. And then the best part is that when I start picking it back up, he goes back to it and I'll bring it back down again. Just letting him, very passive aggressively letting him know that you can go fuck off whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I don't, people are fucking wild to There's me. There's not a lot you can do to, uh, to, to, to get rid of hecklers because you're like in the middle of something too. You yeah. can't really do anything about it. Exactly. But and I, it costs too much to like have a bodyguard or someone that can do that for you. You just gotta you just gotta ignore them. That's the only way that you can do it. Because I still don't understand why people think it's cool to yell free beer at shows, but like they still do. But I got around that, which is just pretend. <laughs> free beer. Yeah, I, I go. Oh, did you say free beer? Yeah, That's I'll take a, a free one. beer. And they're like, no, free bird. I'm like, you keep selling free bird, but I don't see any beer. Yeah. <laughs> one, one night, I almost, sorry to cut you off, Chris, but one night, like, somebody shouted that, and me and my partner, Ian, in Velvet 45, we had the idea of just, because we had, like, 30 minutes left, we played free bird for 30 minutes straight. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, there's no, you can't. And, like, people hated it, and we're like, that's that's because of that that's guy, and we that pointed. Yeah. asshole. There's no, but then you're, then everybody hates you. So there's no way to win. Yeah. They, it's like, it's been Trump. It's like a, a, a Trump card that people can use anytime. Like, how can you go free burn? Like, yeah, you can. Cool. Yeah. You know what I wish I could do? I wish I could instantly start sobbing at any point in time. Like, just be like, just immediately just start crying and just make everybody feel really like super uncomfortable and weird. Like, stop the song and then just like, just red face, just like, just snot bubble and everything. And just like, I don't understand why you don't <laughs> like me. And then they'd, they'd be like, oh my God, I'm never yelling free bird again. Yeah. That's the only way you can do it. See, so we all get this at venues, right? And like, all three of those reactions are really good ways to handle it. And I don't know if you've heard my, there was one day I was at a gig in North Florida and was being pushed a little too hard. And this one guy was giving me the Freebird stuff and I just stopped and I was just into the mic. There's always that one asshole. And it, it just, you went just down. said that. <laughs> oh, just, damn, balls, dude. <laughs> it just went downhill from there. And I even was like, man, I want to make stickers that say I'm the free bird asshole and just give them out at gigs. <laughs> yeah, that deserves and a clap. That That's guy, a brilliant idea. Every time someone says free bird, just give them the sticker. I'm a free bird asshole. Oh, I love that. But There's no winning. So he, he yeah, that's a, that's a win. That's a win. His buddy was cracking the hell up, but he stood up. Tipped the band and then walked out. <laughs> Sounds like you won that I was one. Gonna say, that's pretty good. I like y'all stuff, but sometimes you just gotta tell them they're an asshole. No, the sticker thing is that's sticker, the move right there. Sticker's like good, that. or like like do like a a, a a t-shirt souvenir that said "I yelled free bird at my local cover band." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, that's what you won. Something. Here you go. Um, Here's your t-shirt. Merch idea. Bottom of the bill merch. <laughs> yeah, for real. I oh, yelled, my God. I yelled free bird. Do one, do one with like a point like to the left and it's like, I'm next to oh, the yeah. asshole. <laughs> I'm next to the asshole who always shouts free bird. Yeah, just like a, yeah. Yeah, a, a, a hand sign that says, this guy yells free bird at shows. I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. We're definitely doing that for merch ideas for, for bottom of the bill. I'd buy oh. that. Fuck yeah. Oh, God. Anyways, people are just terrible no, a lot of the time. They're not great. 
Um, I will say most of them. So I asked this question to our last guest too. I think it's a fun kind of thing to talk about because there's a lot of things that go into being a uh, hired gun or even just, you know, starting a band and being a band leader um, uh, across the board, you know, whether it's dealing with other, other musicians, agents, managers, whoever. So um, what are some red flags that you look for when you're like booking something for yourself in the DJ realm or, you know, if a band wants you to play with them, uh, what are some indicators that this is not, this, this is probably not going to go well without even having a rehearsal or playing a gig, just offer it. Hey man. So I don't have a bass player yet or like a keyboard player, oh, but like, yeah. can I like, you know, we're having a rehearsal this day. Like, can you come through, you know, like that kind of sketch, like right off the bat, I'm like, bro, at this point in my life, it's not what I say, but it's what I think. Um, I'm a nicer guy. But I'm like, bro, fuck off. I don't have time for that right now. I'm here <laughs> to pay bills and to do things that are serious, right? Yeah. Like, in one way, I do feel pity. Not pity. Like, I feel I feel bad because it's like, I know you're trying to start something, but, like, you're a washed up dude, like, 60, even, like, pushing 60, bro. Like, yeah. Like, unless you're, like, Herbie Hancock, like, I'm not. I'm not doing that. Yeah, <laughs> there is there is that thing like like with 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 uh, people that either start playing later in life as like a, like a like a midlife crisis thing yeah. or like an outlet for them because they're they're going through something whatever it is you know but but they have that and it's it's the clearest indicator of how they actually feel about musicians right because they they pick up an instrument and then they sh they start going to like jam nights or open mics or something just to kind of get plugged in and see it. And then they come up to the best musicians in the room. Right away. And then try and start <laughs> a band with them. Mm -hmm. Because like, and that's the best indicator. You really have no fucking, like, you think that this is just fun all what, the time. What's your plan? Yeah. Like, it, and like, you think that we're just, like, this is just fun for us. Like, like we like to play music, okay? But like, not all the time. And at a certain point, we, we need to get paid for it. And like the idea that you think that without any experience and you just picked this instrument up what, like a year or two ago, you're going to walk up to the best musicians in the room and try to recruit them to play in a band and come jam with you sometime. It's like, it, it just shows like where they actually va like value your skill and ability. They would never do that. If you walk into a boardroom meeting with a bunch of investors, okay, <laughs> like you're not going to just walk up to the richest guy in the room with no background or no nothing and say, hey, so do you want to invest in my business? I have no plan. I've never done this before. I need a million dollars. Right yeah, now. but you love starting businesses, right? You love investing, right? You're passionate about investing. Why don't you just invest? It's like, that's, that's how they view us. They, they would never do that to anybody else, only musicians. It's kind of bullshit in my opinion. What do you think, Bill? I'd like to read uh, uh, the musicians page on Craigslist for fun. Yeah, just, all it is, all <laughs> it is, that. like every every third post is that it's like I want to start a band. I uh, don't have. I'm looking for a drummer and a bassist and a guitarist. And but, a I got, but I got three. <laughs> but I got three kids at home, and yeah. my schedule is that you know it's yeah. But I'm serious, and yeah. I want to, and I want to tour, and I'm like okay, it's tour. In DJing world, it's it's a little bit different. Because yeah, oh, there, there oh, is. dude, I don't know why we haven't thought about this before, but we should just roast Craigslist ads. Oh man. my god, we should do that. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I like I like that he says my gear is top notch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's seasoned, and that's what you really need. It's yeah. a seasoned musician. Your mic cut out. It's not. It's not doing anything. I know that some clubs typically do that thing on a certain night of the week. Yeah, do that thing. What do you mean? Oh, dude, this guy just seems like he's like. <laughs> 
He's just looking. He's just looking for friends and everything like that. He's not. He, that guy doesn't sound like a dick, in my opinion. But do not or girl, me. do we, not contact. We are fucking. <laughs> this is a new segment we're starting next season. <laughs> we're going to uh, rate Craigslist uh, posts. Is this guy a douchebag or are they serious? It's oh, literally. Yeah. It's literally like what uh, uh, Jay Leno used to do on the Tonight Show, where we'd have like funny, like either if it was made up ads or whatever and stuff like that. But that's a great idea. I love it. But yeah, we, uh, I could do this all day. <laughs> what else we got? Five beats here. I don't know uh, if Craigslist. It's Craigslist is a very very weird site because uh, when it first came out, it was like really really useful, and now everybody's kind of moved off of it, except for musicians. Yeah, that's still like uh, it's not like the greatest place, and hands it's usually not gonna you know pan out well for you. But there's always, especially in big cities, there's like. Tons and tons of posts on there. Yeah, but it's but I don't I don't think there's any there's not really it's not gonna go anywhere most well, of the time. I you could say that, but I've gotten well I guess it has been a long time since I've gotten a gig uh, from Chrysler's, but a lot of church gigs uh, are on there looking yeah. for keyboards and stuff like that, and then a lot of um, uh, like I got my gig at Schroeder's teaching piano from Chrysler. But how long ago was that? Uh, 2007. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it, like, like now, like when it first came out. Yeah, in 2022. Like I, I've gone on just for fun, like to look at the Craigslist ads for musicians in like Nashville yeah. or Atlanta or LA or something, just to see what's out there. Yeah, it's the same shit. Yeah, looking to start a is. garage band, just want to jam with my friends. Like, even in those cities, like it's the same shit. It's wild to me. You might find some nice gear on Craigslist though. That's yeah, true. you'll find good gear, but you gotta be careful though. These people are weird. I, I bought like a washer and a dryer off Craigslist, and none of them worked. And then he got a like a raccoon instead. Yeah, <laughs> it's like this is a. Yeah, this is not going to clean my clothing. Um, so you were you were saying about uh, the DJing thing. So what's, yeah, what's so that? so with gigs being offered like while DJing, uh, this probably goes hand in hand with like a pet peeve thing. It's like um, DJing I've been doing for the least amount, right? Three years. However, people don't see all the music stuff I did beforehand. That also helps me become the DJ I am today, which I'm proud of. You know, I'm not trying to boast. I stay humble. That's the, that's the motto. But um, people don't see that, and then they're like, hey, I want you to DJ, do this, blah, 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 blah. Here's a good offer, here's good money, but I want you to play this. And they, they literally tell you what to play. It's like, bro, the the job of a DJ sometimes is like you have to trust him with reading the audience. And or also, her, 2022. Oh, sorry, with it, with it, <laughs> reading, sorry, reading, reading the, the audience. We'll cut that part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you instigated yeah. it. Um, yeah, but you gotta, you know, they gotta trust you with being able, <laughs> with being able to read the audience and bring your library of music to play to them. You know. Yeah. So no, for sure. Um, so do you? So do you think you 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 encounter that a lot when it comes to like booking gigs as a DJ? Yeah, you just gotta know what you're getting into. You know, I I think you know. Again, here's my metaphor with love again, but uh, communication is key. You know. Yeah. Um, as long as you know the details. You know, working with Alchematic, for example, working with Chris, working with you guys, you know, getting the information, the texting, the emails, like that's all foolproof proof planning that helps not only me, but the client relax and know that everything will go right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, it's Why crazy. would they even hire you to, to DJ and then give you Because they a, don't have a the speakers. List. Oh, Think about it that true. way. They hire you for your gear. I've, yeah. I've thought about that, too. And just rent out your gear then. Why would you even show up? I've already thought ahead of you, bro. Okay. Like one of my goals, I, I, it's like a dream of mine. Um, but darn taxes, they take your money. Yeah, they um, 
<laughs> no, I'm, 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 I have like a savings on the side because in Germany, I saw this, um, this like van kind of bus thing that got converted into a mobile DJ booth, right? And they would throw like block parties with other food trucks and they would close down streets. And I'm like, I want to do that. Like, That's what a great idea. Like, why don't I buy uh, uh, an empty food truck, right? Um, and imagine like the side where it like opens is where the DJ booth is. That's cool. And then I would bring my gear inside like speakers and power, you know, things like generate power and then take it all out when I arrive to the location and put it in front. People could rent out the truck and the gear to put on music or they could rent out me as well as a DJ or put one of their DJs, as long as they go through me um, first, um, to, to play in the truck. Like offer certain packages, you know, certain lighting, certain speakers, like that's that's my dream right now. Is there is there somebody that's already kind of doing a similar concept? Yes, and I'm sure in Miami they have they have some. I, I was I didn't get plugged into the DJ scene down there, but um, what's going on? Have you seen the guy on the bicycle? There's a guy in the UK. Yes, that, Dom Whiting is his name. Yeah, is that his name? Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on TikTok all the time, always getting pulled over by police. Oh, wait, oh that's Suat. That's Suat. That, that's the one. There is no bicycle. He just he just has his like ones and twos and on um, this like crazy, like, uh, I don't even know what you call it, harness or something like that. That's how he got famous. He did yeah. that, and like now he's playing at clubs. That's Dom Whiting, right? Yeah. So yeah. He, I don't know him. he's a drum and bass guy. His series is called Drum and Bass on a Bike. And yeah. he does it in UK. He drops the the information of where he's going to do it like the day of. And then thousands of people. That That's nothing. That's literally crap. Like you go onto his YouTube, you'll see the crowds. There's like he'll stop cool. traffic with his crowds. Really? And like, yeah, like that. Exactly. So um, he... He's dope, and, and that's a great idea, you know, doing on the mobile. I have a series on YouTube called Rhythm Rides, right? So I'll promote that, self-promotion. Rhythm Rides, I set up a table in the back of my, my mom's minivan, take out the middle seats, set out the table, and I bring in guest DJs. And then based off where I drive, like, it'll determine the vibe of what the DJ plays. So literally, I got inspired from that and those trucks. So you're like tax, you're taxing them around. So you you are driving around. It's not setting up. Correct. That's and cool. I flipped it too, where I play and someone else drives. So I like watching. Uh, That's pretty dope. Uh, I like that. Do you watch uh, Circle a lot on YouTube? Yep. C E R C L. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite because they they it's just like something like so stereotypical out of like Euro Trip or something like that because they just go to like this crazy like location. My favorite is uh, the one that's stimming. Do you know him? Uh, he's like a uh, almost like ambient minimal house DJ, uh, but he he does he does one on a uh, a lighthouse in the middle of the sea Whoa. to nobody. But it's like one of the, my favorite, absolute favorite uh, uh, DJs and sets and everything like that. That's a really cool idea. I like that idea. Thanks. How many episodes you got? Uh, episode six is about to come out. Hell yeah, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. We got a little clip we could play with that. I guess we can because it's. Um, I don't know. Is We're, it right here? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, That's yeah. awesome. So this is so this is at night, right? And I I give this option to the DJs that come and play in the van, but you can choose during the day or night. At night you get these crazy lights, right? But it's dark, right? Yeah. You win some, you lose some. During the day you can see everything, even outside the windows, but you don't get the lights. You see what I'm saying? Right. It's a trade off. Yeah. And I interview the DJs, you know, um, just like you guys do here. Like I love getting to know, you know, who's playing, why they're playing, where they're from, what their inspiration is. And the whole um, purpose of this is to spread good vibes and positivity in the DJing scene because I don't want it to be about me. Like, 
I'm here to bring people up with me. I'm, I'm not a guy who's going to step on other people to get to the top, you know, because some people do that. So, like, that's why I'm sitting right here right now because, like, I support you guys. Like, that's what. So I appreciate that, like, man. Fam oh, stuff, yeah. man. That's a really cool idea. I, mean, I love the fact that it's you, you are the one, like, taxing people around and stuff. I'm saving <laughs> up to get a GoPro to attach, like, literally, like, up, like, on top to get, like, an aerial view. Oh, yeah, like, that'd be cool. That's, awesome. that's yeah. awesome, man. That's a wonderful idea, man. What are the. Uh, so oh. find my GoFundMe on Craigslist, all right? Oh <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, got top-notch gear though he's got top-notch gear <laughs> what are oh you what God. are you driving around in a honda odyssey <laughs> soccer mom van man uh, a dodge a dodge caravan Ooh, 2011 nice. automatic doors and automatic trunk oh you got all the fucking frills bro good for you that's awesome um man. do you uh so what kind of questions are you asking your people on, on your podcast so like, like if, you, if you were doing this interview right now what kind of questions would you be asking yeah, so I would be asking, first off, I'll be asking, like, where you're playing, what where, what have you been up to, um, where do you find the music, right? Um, I also, some of those are my friends, close friends, so I always ask them about experiences that we've had. Uh, that one right there that got pulled up, uh, his name is Miles Dundizzle, check him out, great DJ, uh, Jacksonville local. Um, he, he and I have been to Miami multiple times, and before that recording... 24 hours literally less than 24 hours like before i recorded that he was in miami freaking probably on shrooms at a club called <laughs> club space oh yeah space oh, and yeah. um he went because there was an idol of his and he got inspired and like that propelled him in the way that he performed like on that like there was a point where i, I was like talking and i said hey we're in downtown st augustine and like he like froze for a second looked around outside the windows and he's like he started laughing. He's like, bro, I didn't even know we're in like downtown St. Augustine. <laughs> it's just like, it's like you're so in, like, engulfed in the conversation. You just happens. And engulfed in DJing too. Yeah. Cause he's like just having such a good time. And I'm just like, yes, that's, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Cool. That's what I would do. Have you, I'm sure you thought of that, but just take A1A from like Jack's beach to St. Augustine. That's I, tr a great I try to do straight roads because if I turn too fast. Yeah, of course. Dude, like people that go on that show, they don't know what's coming. You know, it's like DJing in a car, in a moving vehicle playing in a moving vehicle you've probably done parades or some shit like that yeah. but um it's played, completely different yeah. because you have more things to think about rather than what you're just playing yeah totally i played on a a, a train one time it was a this thing called railroad railroad blues in durango colorado and it was a uh it was a, a, a small little train just kind of rides on the side of a mountain right and you're in the back cart every cart has like a different musician or like a different theme to oh. it you're in the back cart and you're set up yeah, that's that's exactly it. We were we were out like ours was more like open though, not 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 inside, you know. But that's exactly it. Yeah, um, yeah, just like that. How, yeah, how are you supposed to stand? Oh, um, let me tell you, bro. It was uh, it was hard. Like <laughs> I'm literally like because the carts are like moving aggressively, vibrating. You're on, yeah. yeah, you're on the side of a mountain, you know. So it's like you're like it's wild. And then so I'm like taking like, it's a blues band, so I'm taking a lot of guitar solos. And I'm just at some point I just lean up against the wall just so I can keep my balance because I almost fell over a couple of times. It's really hard to stand up on those things. And then so at one point we're 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 going and we come to a stop, and the uh, conductor comes on. And he's like, "Yeah, uh, we just uh, barely missed a rock slide, so good for us." <laughs> <laughs> so they had to shut down the fucking they had to shut down the track for a while. We were just sitting on a track. Until they could clear the track with, with as we just like, if if we were like a few minutes earlier, that shit would have hit us. We would just fall off the side of the mountain. Wow! Wow! Yeah. 
So that was a pretty uh, weird experience. Yeah. Glad to see that you're okay right here with, with us. Yeah, I, f- I feel pretty good about it. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, weird standing up on a train and playing or like a moving vehicle. It's very uncomfortable. You, you might know? hit like things accidentally. Like, yeah. That's happened to me before. Yeah. So. I, I, I fell into the drummer's cymbals at one point. Like it's just, it's, it's a plus, it makes no sense. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever been mobile and playing. I've always been on the ground. Yeah. Most people, <laughs> I think that's their experience. Marcus King did that that traveling stage at Wani that year. I don't know how they did that. What? Man. They I were didn't going know slow that. though. You know, they weren't they that's weren't true. whipping around. They were just kind of cruising through campgrounds. Yeah, I mean, well, well, the train that I was on wasn't hitting sixty. You know what I mean? It was going a pretty reasonable rate. But I guess they, they were they were kind of like bare like they were kind of barely rolling, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like out in the forest and stuff too. I know the roots of the trees and like the you know dirt roads and shit gets real bumpy um what was i gonna say uh uh u2's got that uh <laughs> music video of them going all around i think new york city on a like a, a flatbed uh trailer or something like that and i'm just like how are they doing that's this? crazy especially with edge like all the shit he's got to do with his effects you know like to do i don't know it's just like the thing about tap tempo and the delays and oh, yeah. all the shit all the all the tap dancing he has to do with all of his effects well, another thing is uh the doppler effect so why would you, and then like, who are you playing to? You know, if you're going like 15 miles an hour. It's it was a sound, video though, right? It's a music video, yeah. So I guess it was for that. Obviously, no, but like, no. well, it's not practical. Not, it's not always say. a video is what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this, like for the, for the Wani thing, send it. Um, like there's just people, you know, sitting at their campsite and this will just kind of slowly creep up to you. Yeah. Oh, and then like stop for a little while. Kind of like, kinda like an ice cream truck. Just keeps moving. Just around the festival. Yeah. So like you hear it coming. You like, to your point, yeah, there's a bit of a Doppler effect. You hear like, who's that sultry singer in the background? Uh, is that, it's Marcus King. That yeah. looks pretty cool though. It I've, never, I've never even heard of that at, at, at Swanee at all. So I did a similar thing where I played at a, on the side of a highway in Miami one time for a marathon. Oh, cool. And I was like, uh, it was funny. It's like I had, uh, I was still working a day job. So I had a gig on, the, the, the marathon was on Saturday morning at like 5 a.m., which means we had to be there by like, you know, 3.30, 4 to load in. Oh, that's bad for musicians. I had a gig on Friday till about 2 a.m. Okay. So then me and then some of the other musicians went to go grab some breakfast at Denny's or some shit. And then drove down to Miami and it was just a completely separate band. You know what I mean? So got there, set up everything. And we're playing literally just the people that are running by like for a minute. And the, the whole crowd is gone after like a minute. And then you said, like, what, what, what are we doing now? And you go. And then I had a gig that night also. So I had to work the entire day and then go play a gig that night. What? Just... Play at the finish line when they're done. Yeah, or like before and it, just play Eye of the Tiger, get them pumped to be, yeah, up. Yeah, it's supposed to be motivating. We were playing Journey or some shit. It was supposed to be like a motivating thing. That's the other was, thing, too, is you could just play like just one song. Yeah. The whole time. So what you do is you get on one of those mobile stages with the marathon. Them. There yeah. you go. And do like yeah. Rocky's trainer behind him well, in a golf cart. Well, yeah. we do the, the Jack's, um, what is it, the Jack's River Run or whatever happens here. And I've every year I get called by this one band. It's the only gig I do with them a year, and it's a six a.m. call time for the race. And you'd be surprised how slow some people are. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, because like we have a two-hour set, and there's people that are just walking the race. And yeah. like, so like we'll get a main chunk at like 
six thirty. Yeah. And then there'll be like a couple of stragglers until seven, and then at eight, all the walkers just come up. So yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I, you gotta keep playing the whole time. I guess you could stragglers. just have good racers, you know? Like, no, I mean, I don't know that we stayed set up long enough to see the the, the uh, stragglers, you know? Yeah, your marathon's long. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll drop a random fact on you guys. In Brazil, they have these things called the electric buses, right? And they're like these giant, like very tall buses with stages on top of them. And again, streets are closed down and they get famous artists and famous bands to go on top of these electric buses to play like full bands play as it's moving, like in towns in Rio de Janeiro. There's a lot in Sao Paulo. I'm sure they have it too for the, um, for the carnivals carnival. Yeah. Yeah. They have that all the time. And again, it just goes with the theme of like, how do they do it? How do they play moving? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely it's got to be so, something that they have to rehearse. I think at, at some point because especially at that level, you know what I mean. They pr- they're probably doing a couple of dry runs somewhere. But imagine like just going back to like 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 the band following like the the marathon. Imagine having a really shitty band just following you around. You know? <laughs> or they play they play based off your performance. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're like if you're like slowing down, they start to like play wrong notes. I was gonna say just make it like a brass band and just be like a tuba. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, yeah. Like Let me call Let's Ride real quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out. They were on the podcast last year. That was a good one episode. That was yeah. fun. Did you have the whole band? No, uh, we had just just one fourth of them. Yeah, we had okay. uh, Paul. Um, we had Bible, and then D. Uh, D- DeAndre, uh, DeAndre, right? Yeah. yeah, he's got an album that came out recently, I think. Right through Bold City, yeah, are I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Talk about a hardworking crew of people right there. Paul's Al- a album or EP, um, or single. What what determines it for you? What determines it for me? Like as far as like. As a, like, if you were to release something, also, how do, how does it affect like what you're listening? Like, if if I was gonna release something, I think it depends on the context. You know, if I was gonna do like a solo, like like an Anton Laplume thing, I would release singles probably. If I had a band, I would I would be m- much more focused on doing um, both. You know, I would do singles that are gonna lead up to an EP. I think albums, unless you have like money behind you, I don't really see the full point, like the point of doing it. Uh, at, at a certain level, but if I had like endless resources, then I would just do singles and full albums. You know, I'd, I would do like concept albums and like really get into it. If I had like endless resources, I'd get fucking wild and shit. I've, I've been curious about that because like recently, it's been coming up in conversations with my friends and stuff. Like, man, I wish it was like the old times when like albums were a thing where each song kind of complemented each other and the whole album told a story. Yeah, I miss those. Days too. It's a, it's a give, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I really it's, do too. It's a, it's a, it's, times it's, change. I mean, it's a. It's now it's a, all about who can get it out there faster. Yeah, and that's kind of the problem. But it's also like a, uh, you know, a give and take situation because yeah, as a fan, I like that, right? Yeah. But as an artist that's trying to release music, I love True. the fact that the people are trying to consume it quick, or like or just you know quicker and 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 not so lengthy. Amounts. more focused yeah yeah because then it's like you can it's actually like you don't need a hundred thousand dollars to do it you know to, to write music and put it out like now you can just do a single yeah so it's like and and it and it you know arguably if you do it the correct way and you're, you're releasing things within the right timeline and you're you know doing all the right promo it's equally as effective as doing a whole album and in fact makes releasing a whole album a lot more effective because you've had you know the promo and the and building the hype and all that you know true as a as a DJ too, which is cool. Another cool feeling being a DJ is um, pl- 
playing something that hasn't been released yet and then being like salty and being like somebody comes up like i want that i'm like not yet bitch you know <laughs> that's crazy that, so that dynamic still exists huh because that was a big thing back in the day right it's like the way you got your music heard was finding the local djs and spinning it you know and that so that still exists now yeah really yeah. are local later, artists reaching out to you in portugal i went and saw uh black coffee right he's a big famous afro house guy and the guy ha that opens up for him regularly his name is themba i believe he's nigerian and i said you know what you know i said wtf whatever like i'm gonna i'm gonna send a message to themba right i've already seen him three times i've tagged him on stories on instagram he shared my stories like he knows i exist i exist um so i sent him a message i said hey man uh, what was that edit of Diamonds on the Sole of Your Shoes? It was a, a Paul Simon uh, uh. remix. It was fire. And like, I love Paul Simon and like the African like influences that he put into the song is like perfect. Um, and I could pull it up, but he, he basically like sent like laugh emojis, right? And he said, uh, I'm glad you liked it. Thanks for coming to the show, but that's an unreleased Themba edit. And then I responded with, I guess I'll just, I'll, I guess I'll just have to wait for the release. And I just gave him a thumbs up. So. And do you respond to that? Nah, he's uh, a busy guy. Yeah, he's a busy guy. It's funny though. It's almost like, yeah, you're not getting this, bro. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. The um, uh, you all, you spin vinyl though too, right? Yes, but funny enough, I there's so many things on my like to buy list. I need to buy a good pair of turntables because um, I go out to Wax and Whiskey. Shout out to uh, Poppy Disco DJ Poppy Disco. It's at 1904. Uh, it's on the patio behind 1904 okay, every cool. every wednesday every wednesday go check them out yeah they do it's kind of like an open jam but for vinyl which yeah, is dope that's so cool that's where i go to not only share my collection of vinyl but also practice because i don't have like t tables at home um but again going back to the other theme that we were talking about having that musicality helps you vinyl is ruthless there is no room for error there is no way to cheat you know, you're not pressing a play button and just, you know, playing the song. Um, you actually have to think it out and kind of plan it out, right? Um, and when I bring vinyl, I bring out, you know, different genres to be prepared for whatever's going on around me, right? Like um, somebody plays disco, right? I'm going to pull out my um, uh, Donna Summers, right? I got a bunch of Donna Summers. I'll play that. Or I'll play, you know, some um, T-Connection, whatever, like... To transition and you got to actually beat match you got to use your ears and like a needle is like a physical thing like you know someone beats on the stage it'll it'll jump Skip, yeah. like it's it's ruthless like i enjoy it though and you do like the scratching and stuff too right so scratching on vinyl i don't as much because again i would like to practice that before i do it in real life but on digital on my controller i do it and i i've actually done it for uh for a little alchematic thing coming yeah. up too, which I'm, I'm surprised you guys had that idea. So thank you for letting me do that. Hell yeah. What are Nicely you, executed too. What are you guys doing? Um, I'll share a little behind the scenes stuff. We, uh, we wrote this little tune that we use as an intro for our live sets. Um, and so we kind of, you know, one of the things that we're kind of working on is using tracks when we play. Um, so we got this like heavily processed, like uh, vocal sample that we use. And, um, we just, it's, it's so cool to have scratching over it. Um, inspiration I got from that was like a Jeff Coffin. Um, oh, yeah. Some of his solo music, um, particularly Mad Hatter Rides Again. It's like a jazz fusion 
tune in seven, but the whole time he's got this badass DJ scratching over it. And it's like, man, let's get this funk tune rolling, have some scratching. It's just really reminiscent of like <clears throat> kind of that that fusion of like hip hop, funk kind of meeting in the middle. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, when, when I heard, I knew Andre DJs, I was, man, could you scratch on this? And he sent me like seven or eight different Versions, like yeah. samples of him just like going to town on it. It was, it was wild. That's was awesome. Great. Yeah. I know, Chelsea's like super into that <laughs> stuff too. Like she's like really big in, I mean, if the, like she knows she knows a lot about like you, probably more than I do about like the hip hop stuff as well. That's like that's what she grew up with. So she I know she loves having that addition. based off the, the the snapback as they call it that she wears. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure she she knows. Yeah, she was like a, she was like a B girl and did, did all that stuff. She she was like heavily involved in the scene in Miami. So she's like super into that. So I'm I'm glad that you guys have been able to work it in because I know that's gonna be it's like a big thing for her for sure. Keep a lookout for that in the future. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see. I saw. I saw you guys try and do it at at uh, Colonial Oaks, but the sound guy was like, "That was rough." I'm gonna be he honest. He was asleep at the wheel for that one. It was, it, yeah, you know, it's that's it's you know whatever. Not he to, he would turn down like no names. Though. Like after yeah. I finished, after I finished like doing the initial scratch, there was still more to be had, and like I went to go do it, and like volume was down. God, like, I oh, kept mm. seeing that. I was like, I can't hear anything he's doing up there. Yeah, What's yeah, happening? So. Yeah, it was a weird. That was a weird one, but I'm excited to hear you guys like you know pull it off. But on August 22nd, or <laughs> July 22nd, <laughs> one, one of these 20 seconds, uh, we're playing 1904, and we're going to make sure that gets featured quite nicely. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Awesome. So check out Andre's Scratch-O-Matic. Scratch-O-Matic. Oh. Nice. When I, when I did that, funny enough, so if you guys want to know a little bit behind the scenes on how I went about it or how I approached it, when he asked me to do it, first of all, I was like, man, I don't scratch, but like I, I, can, I can pull something off. And... I was trying two two versions of it. He gave me the audio of Alchematic. But when you scratch, uh, something I didn't realize until I, I did this, so thank you, was that you have to think about it in like a perspective of it, like a EQ. Um, does the sound that you're going to scratch have a lot of high end or low end? Oh, because the scratch yeah. can be very, right, very like mm. ear, like very abrasive, or it can be very gutty and, and just not be cohesive. It would just be like, like it would be just muddy. So... I, I think I sent um, two versions, one where I used the Alchematic and one where I used actually a different sample from a different song just to get a clean scratch. Um, and I did that and then like, I wish I recorded it because I would do the scratch, like, right? And then at the end, I would hit um, a cue button to start the Alchematic. And I would have to do that all to, I did that all to a click track to make sure it was in time. Damn, man. It's fucking in-depth as shit. Yeah, these DJ keyboard players are killing it out here, man. <laughs> There's my commitment right there. So, yeah, I never thought about that. Even, but even like, like think about like, like the, like the, the tracking of like when you start a scratch to like when you finish it. Like even like the, the depth. You know what I mean? Sometimes it goes from like real low to real high like that. Because it depends on the frequency. Like if the note is changing over time, your scratch will change over time. Right. Because what you're just doing is just speeding up the time it takes to get through that sound that that sample or whatever right that's so i never thought about that now how many vinyls do you think are ruined because of that not a lot actually the the number one thing i was taught not to do is to stack vinyl because when you stack vinyl the weight can cause like compression and things get stuck in between like when you set up vinyl or like have them at your house or whatever like try to stand them up on on your side that's what i've heard um and like I bought sleeves for my vinyl to, to make sure they're all protected. And the temperature has a lot to do with it yeah. too. If you keep it in like a very humid place, like it's, it's wax, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, it melts and shit. Yeah, and over time, 
the more you play the record, of course, the grooves are going to get deeper and you're going to lose the, the frequency spe- spectrum. So, yeah, yeah, that's wild, man. Um, all right. So unpopular opinions. Yeah, sure. All right. Who wants you, to start? Go first. Yeah. I, I had a lot of them written down on my phone uh, and I th- I'm pretty sure this is one of them on there, but I definitely have some better ones. So this one isn't that great. Uh, my first, uh, uh, not my first one. We haven't done that in almost a year. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, my popular opinion is uh, Tom Petty is not that great. Oh my God. Bro. I'm like, he's, he's, I mean, like, uh, the songs that he has are like kind of catchy and cool and everything like that. But like, I don't, I don't even think that he's like, God, this is a pile. I don't even think he's even rock and roll. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I actually agree with you. Yeah, right? Thank you. All and right. I'll tell you why in a second. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> It's just it's unpopular opinion for sure. It's not. It's just. It's a. Uh, un, it's. It's an uneducated. Yeah, opinion. I'm an. Unedu- I'm uneducated. I've only been playing Tom Petty with you for like what five years now. One song. Yeah. Two songs. Three songs. Last Dance to Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. What else? Let's uh, get to the point. Wide open and uh, uh, free falling. Okay, that bro, free falling and into the great wide open were like early '90s. There's, Tom I, I Petty. know. I, it's not like Isn't I don't like know American Tom Girl Petty. Too? Like I know his songs. What? American Girl is fucking straight rock and roll. Are you kidding me? What is, you, is it? I think it's the way he delivers it because, like, he's got a bit of southern to him. He's from Gainesville, you know. I get that, but like, I, th- I think I've played in bands where we've actually kind of performed it kind of a cooler way than he recorded it. Yeah, not gonna I don't, lie. I don't. I like. I believe that. You know what I mean? Like, like there's there's very cool interpretations of of songs that were you know of classic songs. But like to say that he's not rock and roll or that he's not that I mean like the Damn the Torpedoes is, is like a straight rock and roll record. I I'll, mean, I'll give him the writing. Like he he's he's good at writing and, and creating the, the music. Like, he's an that. amazing writer. I mean, an amazing lyricist. Just just in the sense of like the way he thinks about putting words together. And, and I know this because I've heard interviews with him where he's talking about like where he's calling out producers like in the studio where he was like, what the fuck. Is, is what the fuck is this sh- this is there's no thought into this lyric here like this is a bullshit this is a throwaway line this is a throwaway line it's like it doesn't flow right like you wouldn't say this you know and calling out people like in the studio and when i saw that as you go back and you start to like pay attention to the way he puts his words together you're like oh man that was really like I, like I won't back down do you think i have a you know thought about that for a long time yeah he was talking about his experience with the, with the record label and how he took them to, to court and then like won and basically changed the face of the music industry after that. Like he is one of the most important icons in the music industry. People don't even understand. Like beyond the music stuff, he changed the face of the business. He gave a lot more power back to the artists. He's, he's a little soft. Well, it's all, all I'm trying to say. Crazy. Really. And I, I just don't I, don't, I don't, like every time that I hear him, I'm just like, okay, I don't know. I just Man. don't. I just don't think he's that great. Yeah. I don't know. I agreed with or Billy was. for Sorry. a long time, but Tom Petty was like the first concert I ever went to, and this was. Oh, I did not know this. Yeah, this was maybe 2010, but he was touring the Mojo record, which is came out 2010. Like most people wouldn't call that, you know, his his great work, but like top to bottom, that is one of my favorite albums of all time, and that just turned me. It was even late in his career. You know, the the early stuff didn't really didn't resonate, but like. I don't know, man. I just knew it would be very unpopular to say as well. And I do stick by it, but I know that, like, you, because you're just like, he's the best of all time. And I'm like, 
I just okay. wouldn't listen to him like on the regular basis. No, nobody should. No, oh, nobody should. <laughs> oh gosh, that's a crazy thing to say. He's I'm not trying to say figure. that he he doesn't have any good songs. I mean, like he's got obviously like it, he's he's so I I don't know. It it he reminds me of like the kind of like the contemporary Christian version of rock and roll because mm. like he because it's everybody like it, it's so di- it's so digestible. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm serious. Like Let, let's pull, let's just pull up his discography real quick and just sure. like and just like call out some of the fucking iconic bangers that that man he's, wrote. He's been through. He's recorded through St. Augustine, I believe. There's there's um, a studio I've been to called Retrophonics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've heard of them. And I, I've been in there. I recorded, and he said that he's got some secret tapes there, like Tom Petty. That's like not released. I've wow. heard, I've heard, Probably and also like back in the day though, when there was like uh, Mud Mud Crutch is what it was. Yeah, his first band. Yeah, that is a killing rock band. Yeah, my mom also cleans his daughter's house. Fun oh, fact. really? Yes. Interesting. Whoa. Oh, he wanted he wanted to see like the the like track the, yeah. oh, there the song solo albums. Oh no, no, solo. just the just his hits. You know what I mean? What, what, with the Heartbreakers, like that's a straight rock and roll band, man. With the Heartbreakers, yeah, that's what's the song good. off of that? The Heartbreak. That's his band, the Heartbreakers. No, what's this? I said, what's the song that he? Breakdown. Yeah, that's a good one too. Breakdown. American Here we go. Girl. Yeah. Don't do me like that. Oh, uh, I need to know. Oh my God, what a refugee! Come on. Yeah, refugee. Change of heart. Oh. You got Here comes my girl. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, you got lucky. That's a great one. Bro, are you kidding me? Don't Run come around trains. here no more. Great, Run away Run, great song, Runaway tra- Trains. Running down a dream. Run, oh that's my God, so uh, yeah. free falling obviously is a banger. I mean, you're so bad. I hate that one. I'm gonna. Be I'm honest. not a fan of that song. I'll, I'll give you you're that one. It's not so a good song. bad. Yeah, it's not a great. My song. mom has. A, yeah, yeah, it's like the guy last DJ. He knew Andre. Yeah. <laughs> Am I the last one? Everyone else is gonna die. Oh gosh. Uh yeah. Anyways, like he. It's just uh, so oh, so shit. so much great. It's material. unpopular for sure. Yeah. Right. And it's an opinion also. So. Well, you know. All right. So let's do my unpopular. Yeah. What opinion. do you got? Let me pull up my phone here. I got a couple logged. Tom so. Petty's God. <laughs> that would be a popular opinion, actually. And it's very unpopular <laughs> to say in Florida, and so I'll probably get roasted for that. Well, um, let's see. Where's my unpopular opinions at? Here we go. Um, all right. Get ready for this one, Andre, because this might include... Take your time. Something I'm you ready. said, okay? Uh, so... Latido. People... This is a bit of a long one. People who say, I like every style of music except insert genre are closed-minded across the board. Your willingness to shut down an entire genre of music Jeez. probably manifests itself in various aspects of your life. If you'll shut down an entire genre of music, what else are you willing, uh, unwilling to entertain? That was a real drunk high thought one yeah, night. Yeah, I was about to say. Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. That's a big one. That's yeah, like it's a, a big manifesto. one. The, the point being that if you say, in my opinion, if you say that you... You only hear what you want to. Not just that, but I think that, that that's, you're, that's from the song. What? You say you only hear what you want to. Who's that? I don't know. Okay. Anyways, way to fucking derail me again. Uh, <laughs> so derail. He almost did that when he was playing on that train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need a fucking soundboard back there, bro. Um, so the point overall being that if you're if you're willing to just discard an entire genre of music. Right. What else in your life are you willing to just completely discard, like without like just giving it a try? My first child. It's my it's my uh my offering. (laughs) Your first child. Yeah. Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm trying to say though? Does that make sense to you guys? No, I I get it. But also, uh, 
you it's music is uh subjective very subjective so if you hear it and you don't like it okay i don't believe that, any, that everybody hates an entire genre of music i i agree because like at least be open to listen to the genre yeah because like i didn't like metal at first but there's some good metal out there that has musicality yeah there's i mean so yeah it's like you can find something to appreciate as a musician especially you can find something to appreciate about it and then just just as a listener like you can't just say that you that you like everything except for whatever it is like like especially the older generation they do that bullshit it's like yeah i like everything except for that rap crap yeah literally every girl call that music yeah you call that it's not even music they just sit there and talk it's like bro you're an idiot literally every girl that like I start talking to it's like hey like i'm a musician so i think it's cool to ask like what you enjoy in music what type of music do you like what genre like they're like i like everything i'm like great that tells me nothing about you yeah it means that you've heard a lot lady gaga song that you like and also uh, a bruno mars song or it like. could mean she's an expert in music yeah probably not though right <laughs> yeah and that but you know as a musician that is an important question to ask honestly it, it, it it's it's a qualifier question yeah you know because it, it, it depending on what they say it really has an impact on the relationship as a musician, like somebody who listens to music, like for real, like you're there's, there's this girl. Okay. Her name starts with a D. I won't say the rest of her name. Right. She lives in um, Michigan, I believe, or, Oh, I know north. who you're talking about. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll tell her that you said hi. Okay. Um, <laughs> so she, she's a really big Taylor Swift fan, a yeah. really big Taylor Swift fan. I am not. Okay. And like, she's attractive. We flirt things happen cool 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 she comes down to tampa once in a while and like i'm always tempted to like go and see her maybe get together right and then in the back of my mind i'm like do i really want to be stuck with her the rest of my life listening to taylor swift no uh there's yeah i feel you (laughs) there's some there's some good taylor swift like what's that one song trouble came out like back in 2010 or some shit i don't really listen to taylor swift so yeah that's a catchy fucking melody bro Uh, shake it up it's my, my girlfriend's favorite for sure Trouble? No, Taylor Swift. Oh, she just really loves Taylor Swift. Yeah, I mean, every every how do you do it? Taylor Swift. Easily. (laughs) Easily. Like it's not that big of a deal. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's just like (laughs) to me, anyways. Cool. cool. I mean, like it depends. Like it doesn't bother me if they like things that I don't like, right? Not everything has to match. Yeah. Yeah, but if there's there has to be some kind of commonality, and also like you should be willing to appreciate the other stuff yeah and like at least hear like listen to what i want to listen to as well you know but like, she, this girl's obsessed though like she's been to like in front of taylor swift's house before yeah that's Whoa. fucking weird you don't want to hang out with that how she know where she lives that's weird she's a psychopath well but yeah i think in a relationship like you're supposed to not have everything the same otherwise it's super boring i d- wouldn't i wouldn't expect anybody to agree on especially on music across the board but i think it's important like, to know that if you're at least in a, in a if you're not in a similar ballpark, at least there's got to be like, for instance, like, 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 like with you and I, okay. Like we so, like totally different styles of we're music. We're not dating. Right? We're not, well, you know, we kind of <laughs> definitely don't live together. Well, there's a room downstairs and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But part of the thing that, that, that makes it work is that like, we don't agree on literally anything, especially when it comes to music. However, the fact that we're musicians means that we like what we like in a real way. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, Billy knows his shit when it comes to the stuff that he likes. And the same goes for me. So that's the thing that connects. It's like, well, you, regardless of what you listen to, I know that you like, that you really love music. 
you know, and that's the thing. You're not like undecisive. Right. You know? You're confident and firm with what you believe in. Right. And there's people out there who's like, I listen to everything. Well, listening to um, whatever the radio feeds you on three different channels, it be classic rock station, top 40 station, like, that doesn't mean that you listen to everything. That just means that you eat every fast food chain that exists on the planet. Have you guys ever ran into like, um, like people that don't put on music at all in the car or like don't listen to music? I do that on the way home from gigs. So fucking Okay, annoying. I do that because of my ears. I, yeah. I agree with Whatever. that. Whatever. No. Billy just walks around, just earphones in, music blasting. I don't get it. Times. I Like can't. all day, every no. day, yeah. Well, all right, you're never going to be a front of house engineer. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't plan to be. I plan to be on stage. What's up? Yeah, he gets yeah. too much sleep for that. Where's yeah. my drink tickets? Yeah, where's my drink tickets? <laughs> I, had, I had two... Like I get too much. Free for that. There it is. I just got that joke. He gets too much sleep for that. Like, yeah, I'm fucking late. Yeah, you're right. No, I hundred percent. I love sleep and uh killing it. And free time. <laughs> yeah, killing it. Yeah. Um you were gonna say something. Yeah, I had I had two students. Um I think they were like Chinese or whatever that like I was teaching piano to and like they were young and like, I would ask them like, what type of music do you like? Like, I want to make this enjoyable for you and I want to learn about my students. And they're like, they, they were so like lost. They were like, they were like, um, hollow dolls, like sad to say, but like they even told me at one point their parents don't put on music like at home or in the car. And I'm like, well, I'm going to give you active listening and your uh, active listening assignments and you're listening to these freaking songs. Here you go. Yeah. Like, did, did they respond to those songs? Did, did yeah. Like then I have, I have questions like that I asked the next week to make sure that they listen. And they were into it. Like they, they, they started listening to music on their own after that. I hope so. I didn't get to teach them for that long because their parents, like they had to move, but um, hopefully I, I influenced them. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I met somebody in high school that was like, um, that said, yeah, I don't really like music. Like, I had a math teacher that was that way. What's it? You don't like math, music. Math is like, disgusting. But he would he 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 would get he said that uh, he would get angry anytime that he heard music, and if he and if you put on Fantasia, he would like go crazy. He's a freaking Kyle, just punches a hole in the wall. Yeah. That's like that's so crazy to me. Yeah, it is wild because usually that's what I've been saying forever. The worst part about music is that everybody likes it. Yeah. So it's hard to, you know. Wow, that's a that's a good one. Thank you. That was yeah, that was an unpopular opinion like a year ago or some shit. I've, I've been saying that for like decades. No, I'm just saying it was it was an unpopular opinion at one point. Yeah, that that's true. Because yeah. I finally had a voice to a platform, if you will. Yeah, platform. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, that's how I feel about it. I don't I don't think that you can discard. Like I used to be one of those people who was like I like everything except for country, and then I joined like a yeah. That's what I was thinking you said that earlier. It's ironic because I was, you know, I was in a Johnny Cash tribute band with Chris. So. And, that, and that's the thing is like sometimes you just need to be exposed to the right shit to, to understand like what, like what's actually out there. You know, my idea of country growing up in South Florida was like probably not very realistic, you know. And then when I joined it, they weren't really a country band, but it was country influence kind of folk pop or whatever, you know, whatever, 2013 era. People also have like a loose concept of genres, you know what I'm saying? Everyone categorizes different things into different genres. When I DJ, I have playlists that are categorized by genres. Yeah. And people are always so curious about like, oh, how do you organize? I'm like, bro, this is not going to make any sense to you because this is what I perceive as country or as house or as Afro. And I think that goes hand in hand with like, like what you're saying. Different people categorize music different places. Yeah. Like I wouldn't categorize modern country, like the arena rock country as country at all. Folk, like original folk back in the day, I appreciate because it's not the garbage that's today. Yeah. You know? I like, like like Jason Aldean, like Luke Bryan and all that stuff. Like, like, like that, like 
there's a place for to appreciate like the the pop writing sensibilities, but it's just rock and roll with twang. You know what I mean? Like 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 real country to me. When I, when I go back like Hank Williams or I go, like Waylon oh, yeah. Jennings, you know, you, and then you listen to like, like the, the players, fucking Danny Gatton, Bluegrass, just, like oh. oh, Bluegrass is amazing too. I've always liked blue, Bluegrass though. Country was a hard one for me to get on board with, but once I started yeah. discovering like the the real shit out there, I was like, oh. I get it now. And it still happens today. You got like Johnny Highland out there and Brent Mason, Dan Tominski, all that or stuff. Or even on the songwriter front, you have like, you know, T- Tyler Childers yeah, yeah. and Sir- Sergio Simpson. That's real country. Yeah, totally. And then even people are kind of like alt country, like uh, uh, Ryan Adams. Sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I love him, man. He's so great. Brian Adams? No, Ryan, Ryan Adams. No, I'm just messing with you. Yeah. So, Anton, I got a question. Is it like a verbiage thing? <clears throat> like if people approached you like differently... If they phrased it like I listen to everything, but country's like not really my thing. That, that they, does I, that get a pass? Yeah, I'd rather hear that than say I don't like country. Even though someone who's maybe just not thinking about it, it means they may mean the same thing. Yeah, because that was an intentional way to phrase it, right? Like, yeah. like country's not really my thing either, right? But I don't. I, to say that I dislike the entire genre, like, I don't put it on just to listen to most of the time. Sometimes I'll, I'll catch a mood where I want to hear some like chicken picking, you know, and then and that's a very Preach. specific kind of country as a guitar player that I really appreciate, but you know, to say across the board, like it's not my thing, but at the same time, there are many country songs that, that I, that I love, like really in my heart, like feel them, you know? And that's, that's the difference. Like there's some, that, that exists in every genre for everybody, I think. And to that's, say, that's to, like me with screamo. Really? So you really do listen to everything. Who me? Well, I mean, just, you know, even Anton, you know, you say that you really, I guess, even if it's not your thing, you still, Still do listen to everything. I give it a yeah. shot. I give it a try you at have least. To, yeah, you, you know? have to. I might not be. Screamo, though. I might. Yeah, screamo. Like the other thing too is like how you're introduced to the genre. I think plays a big part. It's like how and why are you going to listen to this now? Uh, screamo. The reason why I started. It's going to sound dumb, but like Florida has like two types of women. Like girls that want to go mudden and girls that wear black. Right. So, <laughs> so like. The girls, the girls that wear black, right? They, they listen to Screamo sometimes, right? And I'm like, you know what? Let me go see what this is about, right? And I guess, and I, I ended up not liking it because it's just the, the noises, the sound that was coming into my ears. And I'm saying this like not in a mean way, in a respectful way. It was just not vibing with me. And it's kind of going back to the Eminem thing where he's like angry. It's like, it, it, the tone and, and the way you deliver things, I think, is important. But not only for Screamo, like, I can name, you know, Chris, I can name genres that you guys probably never heard of. Like, it's, I'm sure. It's weird. I think we could all name genres that nobody's ever heard of before. You know and that's I mean? the beauty of it, you yeah. know? And some closed-minded people are just like, bro, like, give it a shot. You know, yeah. I can find something in that genre that you'll, you'll enjoy. Sure. You don't have to be like, oh, okay, now that I heard that song, now I love country. It's like, no, like. I appreciate it. I think that's the word. That's that's beautiful. Appreciate yeah, appreciate. It. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm upbeat, and so is my music. Yeah, I know. We get. I'm it. beat, and so is my music. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. That reference about the the mudding and uh and black and either mudding or wearing black. I don't understand that reference at all because I did not because I grew up in South Florida and that's a <laughs> totally different thing down there. It's like people don't go mudding. I mean, some people do if you live out in the fucking boot boonies like the Everglades but you gotta really look for that shit down there everything out there was like fucking 
fancy like everyone's trying to get on a reality television show mm -hmm. with the way they go out even though there's no opportunity for him there <laughs> so it's just like this weird kind of thing yeah we know you're from really south new york it's fine yeah or north cuba however you want to put in, it in portugal um it's funny when i went there the second time the first time and the second time um over there the way that they view classes is very different and i'm sure this happens in europe too and other places um my dad shout out to my dad he has this great like analogy um and it's kind of true people here like Someone can go to Walmart in like pajamas and no one will bat an eye. Mm -hmm. They walk out of Walmart and get into their Lamborghini, right? Over there, you're like in Portugal or probably other countries, you're never going to see that. You're going to see, you know, they want to show it, you know? So they wear the nice clothing. So you already expect that they have a nice car. If they get into like a crappy car, here it wouldn't be anything weird. Over there, they 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 look at you. They'd be like, "What's what's what, what's up with that guy or girl?" It's I've never seen anybody that shops at Walmart walking into a Lamborghini before. <laughs> Does that happen a lot? I've seen it. I've seen like something similar, like a Ferrari, like yeah, like a fancy like Bentley, like Rolls Royce kind of thing. Wow, yeah. It, down south, everybody is like is like driving the fucking most shitty car, and then has like the nicest watch in their wrist and like the nicest clothing. Just like like dropping a hundred dollars a head to get into the club and then like just walking in getting into their fucking 93 toyota tercel that barely <laughs> runs you yeah. know what i mean yeah it's just like fucking wild um all right what's your unpopular opinion um okay so let me look at my list here uh let's see at three so um yeah i guess i'll go for this one um so i wrote you know you don't have to smoke or drink alcohol to have a good time at an event or a party and I've personally struggled this uh, being, you know, being a musician. So, yeah, I mean, uh, growing up when I first moved here to Florida, um, like I joined that band, Big Logic and the Truth Serum. And they were really the first band that kind of opened my eyes because they were so respectful. Like they would do what they had to do. Right. And they wouldn't peer pressure me. They wouldn't, you know, try try to get me to do anything they liked me for who I was and that showed me the light at the end of the tunnel, gave me hope. And that's what I have been searching for in the other people that I play with and work with from, from then on. So I don't know if you guys had similar experiences. It's the thing to just peer pressure in general. It's just like, how old are you? Yeah. Like, don't, why would you do that? It's like, not you even don't want to drink sometimes. tonight. Like I got work tomorrow. Even if it's like something like that, you're like oh, pussy. And yeah. I'm like, Okay, yeah. Give me the obviously I'm gonna drink now because <laughs> Yeah. It's like calling me chicken for Marty McFly. So like, yeah, all right. Yeah, I don't guess I, we're doing shots. I don't get the peer pressure <laughs> thing either. It's like and, and there's that meme going around where it's like alcohol is the only drug that you have to explain why you don't use. Yeah. But weed is also the same way because like I don't really smoke weed. Like I smoke weed at my house when I'm gonna go to sleep, or if I have nothing to do that day, I'll I'll just, you know, whatever, just relax. But most of the time I won't smoke weed and especially not like at a party or out in public, it just makes me very antisocial. It gives me a lot of anxiety. But every time, like people are just, they got to like give you shit. Oh, just, no, this is good weed though. Just try this one. It's like, bro, I don't want to smoke right now. And if you don't, and drinking is the same way. It's like, if you, if you, I got people that like get weird about people who don't drink that, that shit's, that, that shit's like lame as fuck. For me, like it's the, like it's not obvious when they do it. Like you might not notice it at first, but like, Bro, I can tell you're putting me to the side just because you think I can't have a good time because I don't drink or smoke. Right. And it's like, I bet I can freaking out hype all of you guys. Like, I'm a freaking DJ for God's sake. Like, let's go. Like, <laughs> like I, it's 
you know, and it's not only, like you said, it's not only with alcohol, with um, drugs and stuff like that, but, you know, peer pressure all over the place. Like we like let somebody do their own thing and like, you know, don't judge them. That's the thing. Like, and I, and I, I'm not perfect either. I have to get better at not judging people either. You know, I don't judge people for smoking or drinking. Um, and I, like, like I told you guys when I first got here, I'll, I'll take celebratory shots and stuff, but I'm not getting drunk and I'm not getting attached to any sort of drug. That's a waste of my time, waste of my money. And I personally have seen what it has done to people. So, Oh, totally. Yeah. It's, a, it's a fucking rabbit hole of bullshit, honestly. Billy's doing great, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm actually taking a break right now. I didn't want to, like, you know, uh, preach about it or whatever, but yeah. Taking a break? Yeah. You're going to try to have a drink, bro? What's wrong with you? No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. People, people always, like, ask me. They're like, but Andre... Wouldn't you want to like create music like being high? Like, wouldn't that be awesome? Like, I I can only imagine. Like, they 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 praise me. They'll be like, you would be like a freaking genius on drugs, like making music. It's like, but what about me now? Right. Yeah. yeah that's a weird one too. I, especially in the jam band community too. I remember my old guitarist is like, all I want for my birthday is for all of us to take acid and write music together. Like eight hours of, of that. I'm like, fuck that. I don't, I'm not doing that. And it's also not going to happen, right? Yeah. Like you take acid and it's like you might do that for 20 minutes. And you're going to be on to the next thing. No, no, thank you. You know what I mean? It's like it's not going to. And then, yeah, it's and, and weed also doesn't like people are. Oh, you, you know, do you get stoned and write? It's like, no, I get stoned and noodle. Like, I don't write. I can't write when I'm stoned. Like, I, I everyone have, reacts differently, too. So yeah, exactly. You can't just expect that, you know, the person that you're trying to like peer pressure to like to react the same way as you do. Right. Like what, when I smoke weed, what, what I like to do sometimes is like I'll pick up my guitar and I'll just like fuck, just kind of like aimlessly play things and just come up with like, I, I, I do get creative with it, right? But I'm not focused on it. So I don't write anything that's going to like stick. I just try out like things I might not try out normally, but it, 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 it doesn't lead anywhere. It's just like mindless shit, you know? Yeah. So it, it doesn't really ultimately do anything for me. So I don't like, to, I don't, I don't like to smoke weed. I have to be like creative or be productive in, in a creative uh, space, you know? Now, when other people do it, like I'm, I'm, I'm okay being like the mom of the group or whatever, you know, I even have the soccer mom for God's uh, soccer mom van for God's sake. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, with alcohol, there's different type of, types of drunk people some people get angry some oh, people yeah. get happy and they want to hug you some people get very honest right and like sometimes it's funny i'll, I'll be honest like seeing my friends drunk is, is pretty fun but um because I, I learn about them yeah, yeah i'm watching you where's the camera i don't even know which angle it is but i'm watching where's my camera it's one of those um but yeah you know it's just you know you know boys and girls you know uh coming from me and from dare right <laughs> Use your drugs and alcohol uh, in a smart way. Yeah. Yeah. Just and think twice. Maybe try to avoid blow at all costs, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just don't drive. Yeah. yeah there you like go. Yeah. Or don't if operate machinery. If you're going to uh, get drunk and drive, just do a couple lines beforehand. There Ooh, we go. Have, yeah. have you guys ever done like a gig where someone was like yes. on drugs and alcohol and it went really bad? Yeah. Yep. 100%. Yeah, I was in like a, literally a drug band for five years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, like, yeah, totally. That shit happens all I've the time. I've seen, I've seen, uh, I'll keep them nameless, but I've seen a guitarist get pissed off at a drummer for not playing a train beat correctly, and he was like, "I like, you're not in the pocket, you're not swinging right." Blah, blah. Like, literally, drummer walked out. Yeah, 
You didn't have to Jeez. call me out, dude. <laughs> no, it wasn't you. <laughs> was the drum was the drummer fucked up or the guitar player? Was the, the guitar player? Oh, okay. Yeah. Drummer, oh, so he fine. was getting mad at him, and he was just like, you know, he was having, fine. Like he was playing the train moment. beat fine. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. We had a. Uh, I won't name the band or anything. It was, it was a while back ago. We had uh, this drummer that was had just started playing with us, and he was like doing, you know, he was doing like taking some bumps in the parking lot or whatever, and then come back for the sets. And his timing just got oh. terrible. And um, and then the band leader just like uh, after this, they say, like, yeah, maybe next time we'll lay off the blow, you know, because it's not a, it's not working out. <laughs> so he was chill about it. He wasn't a complete douchebag. He just let him know, like, don't do that anymore because you're not playing well anymore, you know. And that's that's a weird way. Like, I don't get how people play after doing, like, like coke. You know what I mean? I, I've, I did it one time uh, at a jam, and I felt good when I walked into the place. And then, I, and then I did a little bit of that, and then I went on stage, and I was like, I can't connect with the music. I don't feel like I'm like a part of this it's i can't find the groove i can't feel what's happening and it felt so uncomfortable I was, i'm never doing this again and since then i've been offered like i mean so many opportunities like it's like not while i play man but nowadays not like not even anymore at all but like it's just like no not while i play you know what i mean it's not a good scene yeah it doesn't help anything out yeah, and I hate that that feeling like when you're too drunk to play, like at the end of the night or whatever. So I I I try very 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 hard not to get drunk at shows. Yeah, and I definitely don't do. I don't think I ever did. Only one time I was high at at one show, and it was I was the worst experience of my life. Yeah, because everyone's looking at you. Like I think everyone's looking at me. Like they are they looking at you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't mess with, especially performing or anything like that. I don't yeah. mess with that stuff at all. Yeah, I, I had one time in Butte, Montana, where uh, we were supposed to have the we were supposed to have the night off, uh, and uh, the bass player was like, we were staying above the venue. They had like a, like, a, like an apartment space above the venue, and the, the bass player is a stone. You know, smoked a lot of weed, so um, he was like, "Oh, I got a blunt. You want to smoke?" And I was like, "I'll take you know one or two hits or whatever, just to chill out." And I did, and I got like aggressively high. And then I get a text from the band leader. It was like, "Hey guys, uh, we're actually gonna play tonight, so let's go ahead and start loading it, loading in, and uh, and you know play." And I was like, "Fuck my like, life!" Oh shit! So like, here we go again. Yeah, it was. I, I had just finished smoking, and the, we had to go immediately load in, whatever. And I played that night. And it was great. I actually played a really good set that night. And then so I thought I could do it again the next <laughs> night. And like I, gambling, we're in Vegas, baby. Yeah, uh, two for two. what happens in Butte stays in Butte, right? <laughs> Am I right, boys? Yeah. Um, so I smoked again before the set the next night, and I it was terrible. I bombed the shit out of that set, and I was I'm never doing this again. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened to me too. Yeah, I'm not into it. My friends used to think it was funny to uh, uh, dose me. Get that in? Okay, just bring it short. Yeah, I've never had that happen. Before, they would do that. They just put some uh, uh, paper in like a beer or something like that, and then you know. An hour later, I'm like, oh, I don't feel so yeah. good. And I'm like, oh, motherfuckers, you did it again. That's so crazy to me. Blew my weekend out of the water <laughs> several times. Yeah, like a lot, actually. Jesus Christ, man. Was, I was you hanging out with Arish Fear or something? Yeah, I was about to say, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's so crazy. But yeah, that was like, like you said about butters or whatever. About butters? <laughs> yeah. The, you are butters. That's yeah. what I'm saying. like... In front of all of them and everything like that, for sure. Yeah, it's so I used to do that all the time. <laughs> That's, I mean, not puddled, funny, it's terrible. Puddled, puddled, yeah, puddle a bill. 
Jesus Christ, man. Oh, whatever. Sorry that happened. That's no, it's a good experience. Oh, okay. Never had a bad time. Yeah. <laughs> he, he learned. He learned from it. He learned from it. Yeah. I'm not like complaining, but like, yeah. In retrospect, like, yeah, I got you know. Yes, I don't know why people complain about getting dosed. You got drugs for free, bro. Because that was always their argument. He's like, maybe I didn't want to today. Yeah, all right? exactly. <laughs> it wasn't my decision. Yeah, exactly. I got. No, oh, whatever. I'm not gonna. Never mind. I'm not gonna compare it to that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's on not that, the same thing. On that. On that. Yeah. Let's note, wrap it let, up. We'll wrap it up. <laughs> Andre, thank you so much for being with us, man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you both. Absolutely. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you check out Andre Martins on all platforms. Uh, Also, Satellite Frank, right? Yeah. So check out all of the What was the name of the the YouTube channel? Not channel, but the the, in the van? Yeah. So uh, my YouTube channel is just Satellite Frank. You can type it in. You'll see my helmet, Space Helmet. And the series is called Rhythm Rides. Rhythm Rhythm Rides. rides. I'm going to watch that tonight. That sounds awesome. And also look out for his performance on the Alchematic EP coming out. Dropping July 22nd. No. Nope. The show is <laughs> Whatever. The yeah. show is that day, but they're not done mixing. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Adios, muchachos. <laughs>